1: Got some fun, exciting news. You want to lead off with a big announcement? Nah, let's do it regular to start. Good afternoon, Albuquerque. It's Wednesday. You know what that means. Hey. The boys are here i am fred slow and i'll be alongside you friend of the show for the next three continuous hours until 7 p.m this evening where we will hand the reins off to true to the game with one mike Trujillo, and alongside me is the garth brooks of talk radio van nunley well
0: if i'm garth who are you uh brooks garth brooks and dunn thank you are you smashing those two together uh yes this is my first favorite two minutes of our new show <laughs>
1: We are excited for the new branding, and we will give that to the listener, the friend of the show immediately. Uh, The one that helped us bring it to you today is Michael Vitale. Michael Vitale, how are you? Good, guys, and uh, I really like it. You want to play it again? No. Okay. That's okay. (laughs) We'll play it again in an hour. Play it again, yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. So, uh, the yeah, so we, we did it. So it's official. A little inside baseball for the friend of the show. Signed, sealed, and delivered. We put our names on some paper, and here it is officially. Every Monday through Friday as the Lobos and Monday Night Football and Thursday Night Football and the Isotopes. Well, actually, there's a lot of things that are going to kick us off early, but every Monday through Friday, 4 to 7, you can catch your boys here on the Sports Animal under the new branding Two men on. We are two men on. Two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610, The Sports Animal. We're two men on sports. We're two men on pop culture. We're two men on what's happening in Albuquerque. Two men on current events. We're two men on ayahuasca. We're two men on news of the day. Wait, we're not. We're not on I we are not did you, did you Did you finish that coffee? It, no, I did not. So okay. I'm
0: partially on. I kind of dosed you for our first show <laughs> to see what it was like. Keep
1: it micro, my dude. <laughs> but we're very excited to be about it. We're very excited to be here. So we will be doing this. To, this is our official announcement. So we're giving it to you officially. We will be here four to seven for well, at least two years. Yeah, Two years. Two years is the goal. Hopefully,
0: Justin Verlander also will be another two years with the Astros. A lot
1: of hot stove but talk. Let's not segue out of this yet. A lot of hot stove talk today. The And also, congratulations to Robert Gibson, who will be joining us so very often as uh, my schedule has changed slightly from what we originally attended, so I have many obligations with New Mexico Highlands for their athletics and how fortunate we are to... Have in the on deck circle one Robert Gibson who can step into pinch hit anytime,
0: anytime, and do an amazing job. He's probably if we're Brooks and Dunn, okay. Who is who would he be? Who's the opener for Brooks and Dunn?
1: Um, he would be okay. Dunn Bentley. I'm sorry. Oh, Dirks Bentley. Is that not correct? Dirks Bentley. Yeah, Dirks. You You just
0: <laughs> went to a Dirks Bentley concert, didn't you? I thought or is it was that a different guy. So
1: I thought it was two people until I realized it was one. Person Dirksen Bentley. So from the texter, congratulations from the texter. Thank you for turning me on. No, thank you for turning us on. Oh my goodness! What well, that's a little confusing. Hey-o. 505-246, Connect with your boys on the text line. Also connect with your boys on the Quans Auto Care hotline. We're having a little bit of midweek celebration as uh is it's it. We're official. We're official Cumulus employees. We're officially the host of the afternoon in a top 40 media market we're officially the voice of of athletics here in the city as far as it relates to the afternoon hours
2: not the voice of reason cuz we know how you can Oh off no, the no 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 I mean I can give you a reason why well, we're not Well that's at.
1: we expect if you, if you think
0: we're the voice of reason you don't get the show No, yeah.
1: but expect a lot of the same uh we will be doing some things Uh, I don't know what word do you want to use Like creatively Sure Like for instance We're going to have a much stronger relationship With the isotopes Correct That's insanely important to us
0: Absolutely
1: We sweat the isotopes And we sweat The isotopes to me At least in New Mexico They're the Yankees right a hundred percent. They're a hundred percent the Yankees. Yeah, as
0: far as New Mexico and Albuquerque, New Mexico goes, they're my
1: Yankees. So we're going to make an effort to, whenever we can, obviously do our best with them, we're going to make a strong effort with the United. We think oh. that's very important. We're going to keep it local there. We're make a strong effort with the New Mexico runners. We think that's very important. We're going to keep it there. The Duke City Gladiators. Mm. The Ice Wolves. like All of these things are going to receive like ample attention from us, the Diamondbacks, the women's football league. The University of New Mexico Lobos Ab- and Lady Lobos. Absolutely. But obviously still with our national twist, so we're excited to do that.
0: It's still us. It's, still, like, it's still You Lobos. know it's still us.
1: David Carl will join us today at 5 o'clock. He was a early adapter to being a friend of the show, and he will be in to talk about the United as they have a new coach. They have a new front office going on. They're very excited about that. And then, obviously, we will give any sort of updates that we can on their plans for the future. So that's going to be a lot of fun. He is so good. He's very good. He's he's one
0: of the guests that I don't like having on too often to put us to shame. Like, i got to spread out Brandon Ortega. I got to spread out a lot of friends of the show because we're like, we can't have them on that often. They make us look like hot garbage.
1: From the texter, my mistake, it's two men on, not turn me on. Okay, now I get it. Ah. Okay. I love that so much. Uh we're very excited for some of our new partners. We're very excited. And I know you earlier in the week did, but to introduce the YMCA of Central New Mexico for instance. So we're going to yeah. yeah, we're going to bring them in in full-fledged force the beginning of December, but obviously we've been sharing as much love as we could with them for some time. So thank you to them for the opportunity to be able to have this program. We put them on the calendar pro
0: bono this month yeah, because we love them so much. Care
1: about them a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously the horses we rode along the way to get to this corral, which is New Mexico Pinion Coffee, which is Chisholm Trail RV, which is Graphics Connections, which is I can keep going I nine Sports ABQX. the The list is long and very long. Very fortunate we've had to be a part of that. New Mexico Pinion Coffee is the big one. That was the first one.
0: That was our first one.
1: That was the first one.
0: And that's the that's the one that really helped us embrace. What we're so passionate about is helping the community. Yeah,
1: I agree completely. Speaking of helping the community, the community should be really excited about what's going on with the Lobos right now. Lady Lobos look good. Men's team looks good. There's a lot of excitement over there as far as basketball. Football is winding down a little bit now, and I know later we're going to play some stuff from Coach Gonzalez and kind of talk about what's going on with them. There, are, uh, There's more home game opportunities, though. So, one more. One more.
0: You're going to see us there. It's we're 20- going gonna to wreck it up.
1: When is the last home game? The 26th. The 26th. I'll be there. I won't be there. (laughs) Just lied. Sorry for the tease. Uh, So speaking of starting the new program, we'll be here the remainder of the week, and I will be off next week. So I'm going back to St. Louis for the holiday. Uh I will be in St. Louis National Programming next Thursday and Friday, so you will have Van and Robert uh, at least two or three days that week. So that'll be very exciting. We'll figure it out. 505-246-0610, connect with your boys. Hot stove talk today, David Carl at 5 o'clock. We're going to do the NBA after 20 games. I know you and Robert touched base on that earlier this week, but I had hot takes that you guys didn't even bother to look at. Well, we only
0: did one segment, so it's hard to talk about the whole entirety of the National Basketball Association in 12 minutes.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. Mm -hmm. So we're excited for that. Uh, all of our social media will stay the same. If you are a friend of the show that's connected with us via the social media for for some time now, everything's still at TalkABQ. The rebranding is going up tonight, so you will see that from us, and we're excited to to do that. We will be doing that tonight um, while celebrating, really. I mean, if honest. So we're going to go down to a little boys' hour after the program.
0: 505-246-0610. Hit us up on the Sports Animal text line. If you have the confidence in yourself that you are close enough to us, we will tell you where we will be celebrating tonight. And we will allow you to buy us a drink.
1: Yes. Speaking of, from the VIP text line, J.J. Buck says, congratulations, but did it via GIF form? Okay. So I don't know. You don't know what it means? GIF?
0: GIF? I mean, this is America, Fred. You can call it a GIF. You can call it a GIF. Okay. You could say the acronym G-I-F.
1: Today's varsity is the varsity of weirdly pronounced words, okay? Mm, this is a strong. good varsity today. Strong work, today. okay. Today's I-9 varsity is the varsity of weird words. Schwag. Okay. What? Schwag. Hey, is, save it. Yeah, vitality. what are you doing? Save it. You,
2: this, this, oh, wait, are
1: you talking about swag or swag? Okay, that's why it's a good one. Yep. All right. Yep. But, J.J. Buck, you would be invited to the celebratory change our social media as we <laughs> as we enjoy libation. Thank you to Robert Gibson again for filling in all week. Uh, I know I called in briefly yesterday, and I just want to talk about this one more time. I am so very excited for what's going on in Las Vegas, New Mexico, Van. I know you haven't had a chance to get up yet to see the Cowboys and Cowgirls play basketball yet. I'm going to. It, it is very good. It's on my short list of things to do. I had no idea the excitement that, that surrounded athletics in Las Vegas, New Mexico at the University of Highlands. The city comes out. The village. I don't know what it is. It's not big. It's very little.
0: I, I don't, off the top of my head, know the qualifications to be a city. 10,000 people. They call it the city of Las Vegas. They don't call it a village or a town. I used to go there for work a lot. I love Las Vegas. It's a lot of fun. It's very endearing. Home of the World
1: College. I don't know if you know that. I do. I toured the World College. In, it's actually in Montezuma. The hot Springs right next to it. All right, so I'm looking at the... All right, so there are 13,000 people in Las Vegas, New Mexico, so that makes it a city. Okay. Over ten thousand is a city. Ten thousand is your qualifier for a city, and then you can't. If you fall below ten thousand, you actually don't. You don't lose it to town, though. Yeah. And and actually, it's township, often shorted to town, but you don't lose it after the first census, but you'll lose it after the second. So if you fall below ten thousand at like the twenty twenty census, you're still a city till twenty thirty, but if you don't rebound over ten thousand, now you fall to a township or a village. Or there's a lot of like definitions. Or a See, yeah, I'm well parish or, or Louisiana.
0: I'm ashamed I didn't know that because of the sheer amounts of Sim City I used to play. <laughs>
1: I should have known all this. I was an excellent mayor. I'm one of the best. There's other things as well too. Like you have to have a sheriff. You have to have a elected government, and you have to have like a like a coroner. There are like requirements to being fire a fire department. A, a coroner? no, but, a, but no, you like can a, be volunteer. A street corner. A, a, a coroner? <laughs> like like one... A coroner. Yes, that's okay. what I'm trying to say. Okay. This is a real thing. Which, I, I mean, I don't know them all, but that's, like, close. I'm going to get it for you, though. But anyways, Las Vegas, New Mexico. And the thing that's so exciting welcome to me... To, welcome to two men on city planning. <laughs> <laughs> two men on vaguely explained understandings of things. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's... Yeah, it, anyways, it's a cool town, and they come out and support. They they packed the Johnny Wilson Complex for, it's not exhibition, but it, you're playing a junior college. University of the Southwest is junior college. Yeah. Why do you come out and pack that?
0: Because they know they're going to take a W on that one. They took a
1: big W on that one. Yeah. So I've been having a lot of fun with that. Uh, also, shout out to our friend who did just reach out to the program, J.J. Buck. I've been listening to all the Lady Lobos. There's a world of talent in that broadcast. If you haven't been able to find the excitement in women's basketball, tune in to J.J. Buck. Because he's bringing it at, like, a higher level. Concur. Let's grab our first break. Where we get back, MLB Hot Stove Talk, and then we're 45 minutes away of David Carl of the New Mexico United who's going to come in, and we're going to talk a lot about the soccer team and what's going on with them. They had some changes in their front office and leadership. Uh, We're going to do 20 games too soon on the NBA and the best football story I've arguably ever seen. Dave and Busters presents Two Men On Live. From the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio, we're powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee, and we play on Team I-9. Get swollen at the Y. 95.9 FM, AM 610. The Sports Animal. My favorite time of the year for Major League Baseball is April. I love April. Okay, my favorite things
0: about baseball is the game of baseball.
1: Okay, keep going.
0: And then October baseball. Uh-huh. And then March and April baseball.
1: Those are my favorite.
0: And then the October hot October is my also And favorite. then the hot stove.
1: All right, since you gave and me the I list. I also
0: like the All Star break.
1: Okay, yeah, good call. And Winter and meetings. And Winter meetings. Oh, I love Winter meetings. Okay. <laughs> Alright, so I've rethought my statement. I was gonna list my things. Okay. But my things are all the things. My things are all the things. So it's the thing of baseball. Everything a one every single thing about baseball. And baseball kicked it off today with arguably the worst signing in the history of all free agency. So
0: Ba-ba-ba-ba. breaking news if you haven't seen it yet. If you haven't seen it
1: yet. Justin
0: it, Verlander re-signs with the Houston Astros one year and twenty five million dollars. Alright, the
1: real story here. Is that it was broke by his brother Ben Verlander, who only has a job on Fox Sports because of his brother Justin Verlander. And also you just said who's Ben Verlander? Correct.
0: Okay, is this a trick? Is there really a Ben Verlander? Yes. Because I'm not sure if there's actually a Ben there, Verlander.
1: Uh, there for 100 percent is that's who broke the story. So on Twitter, twitter.com slash Ben Verlander, he says he says, uh police siren, it's official police siren. At Justin Verlander, signing with the Houston Astros. That's the world we currently live in now.
0: That's pretty sweet. I'm very excited. I don't know about the rest of the world. That makes me happy.
1: He's something for Fox so Sports. Did stupid?
0: Did Eileen Verlander break the news of his wedding, too? Is this just family Is the only one who gets to break news
1: in the, the Verlander house? He's Fox Sports adjacent as he hosts a podcast called Flippin' Bats Pod. With Ben Verlander. Okay. I'm about to lose it. It's a little it's a little wordy. Hey, friends of the show, if you put your name in the program, it's a dumb program. That means the program's not strong enough. Wait, hold on. If you call the show Flippin' Bats Pod with Ben Verlander. Well, you
0: would probably just say the Flippin' Bats Pod. That's
1: what I'm saying. Like, you have to make the product good enough.
0: Because we're two men on with Van Nunley and Fred Sloan. No, no,
1: no, no. That's different.
0: Because <laughs> two men on is good branding. Oh, it's amazing. It's the best name in the history of names. I don't know if you've known this, but hey, you can tell already. Flippin'
1: Bats is good. I don't know what it's about. Is it about somebody who stands outside Carlsbad Caverns and just puts two middle fingers in the air? Yeah. Is it? Eat this. Yeah. I'm into that. Suck on that. So Ben Verlander, the brother of Justin Verlander. And by the way, I guess this isn't like the breaking, breaking one because the real one is Los Angeles Angels, but we'll get to that. But Justin Verlander somehow tricks Houston into giving him all the money after rejecting an 18.4 qualifying. He gave away 18. He should have took the 18.4, first of all. I don't know why Houston didn't even offered that to him. I guess because they thought someone else would sign him and get a draft pick. What did he end up with, 25? 25
0: even. 25 on the dot.
2: For what? That's, that's insane.
0: For what? Okay, 39? explain Explain why the guy who won the Cy Young two years ago yeah, those two and runner-up to the Cy Young three years ago doesn't deserve this. He just got a brand-new shiny elbow. He's got a friggin' half robot half human elbow that's probably going to add two miles an hour to his heater they should have gave him $40 million. the Astros are saving money now they get to buy somebody else now they get to sign Verlander and Robbie Ray with all these sweet sweet savings for only paying Verlander $25 million.
1: they didn't have sweet sweet savings $25 million is only a good welcome back to the program with two men on the hot stove he gone. You get the point I'm trying to make here. Sure. He's not worthy. He's 40 years old. He's way past his prime. He has an elbow that's shaped like a question mark because it is a question mark. Yeah. Thank you.
0: His last contract when he was the runner up to the Cy Young in the Cy Young and back to back years, he made 33 million. So they just got an $8 million discount on one of the best pitchers in the history of baseball. No. This is genius. They got robbed. This is
1: genius. Is Elon Musk the agent for Justin Verlander? Because this is the most savvy financial move I've ever seen.
0: They got him for like, if you base it on the last contract, they got him for $8 million cheaper. And guess what else they get? And you don't factor this in to the stats. You don't factor this in to the awards. You don't factor this in to the rings. Kate Upton is coming back to town, baby. That is worth a few million on top of that contract. Kate Upton. What are you talking about?
1: She passed her prime too.
0: Okay. She had a heyday. I don't think so. I just suppressed Four (laughs) jokes that were really good.
1: Well, it was given to me. No. Here's what I'm saying. Two years ago? Don't care. That was was pre-COVID. Two years ago? Might as well have been five years ago. He has
0: a surgically repaired elbow that is better than it was before and what it was before is one of the best pitchers in the history of baseball Cy Young award winner two years ago
1: and he's got a year off to rest and get a new elbow two years ago you know how long ago that was that's when Congress was first like let's get Trump's tax records that's how long ago two years ago I think that was way longer than that Well, I mean you get the example sure It does not matter today. The best pitcher in baseball today, Robbie Ray, was in the minor leagues two years ago. That's not true either. He's got to be close to it. Nope, he was not.
0: He's been a major league pitcher for like seven years now.
1: Well, and that's what I'm saying. It takes that long to even get good. So Justin Verlander's way past it.
0: See, Robbie Ray has to win a Cy Young, which he will tomorrow. Robbie Ray has to win a Cy Young for you to even hear about him. But he's been a quality starter for years now. And whoever gets him is getting a very good pitcher. And since he's only had one year of success, you probably get Robbie Ray on the cheap. The thing,
1: the problem with Robbie Ray is everyone walks up to him and says, are you Jimmy Ray? I don't know who Jimmy Ray is. That's a very good 90s reference. And if Vital could find the song, Are You Jimmy Ray by Jimmy Ray, because that's the joke. Robbie Ray is about as relevant as Jimmy Ray was in the 90s. Well, he's like, how are you getting to your next game? Do you just want to fly? Sugar Ray? Don't break my heart. (laughs) Billy Ray? Cyrus? (laughs) The Houston Astros got took. I don't know what Justin Verlander had. I'll tell you what it is. Because he knows the other ways they cheated. And they don't want him to get away from the team and go spread the word on how Houston is just infectious and disgusting with their cheating approaches and habits and ideas. It's Jimmy Ray. Are you Jimmy Ray? (laughs) So. Even if it is hush money. That's what it is. They're still getting hush money on the cheap.
0: He made eight million dollars more last time. Last go round. You can buy. Two shutdown relievers with $8 million.
1: The qualifying offer was $8 million less than what they paid him.
0: Okay, well, the Astros and Justin Verlander don't decide what a qualifying offer is. Oh, so
1: now you don't believe in analytics. Interesting how your viewpoint changes when it's the home
0: team. Well, you're thinking of arbitration. Arbitration and qualifying offer are two different things. Yeah,
1: they're very similar.
0: Remember how Fred just said he liked baseball five minutes ago, Vital? And he's been wrong this whole segment. I've
1: not been wrong about a thing. I'm absolutely correct in saying that Justin Verlander is going to snitch. He's going to end up like one of those proud boys in a Washington prison. And he's going to be like, "This, listen, it's bad here. It's like really bad. Kate
0: Upton. Every game I get to watch as an Astros fan, they're going to zoom in on Kate Upton when Justin Verlander's pitching. And that is such a bonus you don't realize.
1: Trying to figure out how the qualifying offer is identified. (laughs) It changes every year. Well, I know. It changes based off like players of your range within five salaries, and then they average it out to the middle salary. No, you're thinking
0: of arbitration again. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Arbitration and qualifying offer are two different
1: things. How do they define a qualifying offer? Because I really don't know. Because I thought it was very similar to arbitration. Well, how about I tell you all about it after the break? I know what it does. I know it's how you get a draft pick. I'm not confused on that. And you only get one after, like, veteran status, right? Because otherwise it's arbitration.
0: That is also correct.
1: I'll figure it out. But I'm telling you, I think it's similar to what I'm saying. I don't think you're as correct as you think you are. I'm 100% correct. I'm telling you, it's insanely insanely similar. So if you hit, like, in a tier to where if you're like, if you're like hey, you're worth 20000000 million, they're like, cool, that is a first-round draft pick. And if they're like, oh, you're worth eighteen
0: million. The qualifying offer is the same for everyone every year. Any any if you've had more than five years of service with the same team and you're a free agent, when your contract lapses, the team has the option to give you a qualifying offer. Correct. So there's different there's hugely different skill sets, I mean skill levels of people who get qualifying offers. But not, they're not all worth the same
1: draft pick, though.
0: That is correct, yeah the, the draft pick is determined uh by what am I trying to say here your um your media market versus your success as a team so if you hit the luxury tax, you get a third round pick if you are in top five a top ten of the league but don't hit the luxury tax, then you get a third round pick and then if you are Uh, part of the revenue-sharing teams, then you get a compensation round pick.
1: All right, here it is. I got the official definition from MLB.com. Clubs wishing to receive compensatory draft picks for the loss of a free agent can make a one-year qualifying offer worth the mean salary of MLB's 125 highest-paid players to the impending free agent prior to the onset of free agency if and only if that player has never received a qualifying offer previously in his career. So that's the importance of missing – importance, important, importance of missing arbitration. Because then you can down the road get a qualifying offer. No, because they're different. No, you would, it would be the yeah, same thing. you're right. So then that player spent the entire season on the team's roster. So it can't be a free agent that you pick up mid-season or trade for. Correct. A player has 10 days to accept or decline the offer, during which time they can negotiate with other teams to see if you can get higher – than the mean of the top 125. It's just an average. It's similar to arbitration.
0: It is not similar to arbitration. Arbitration is your performance versus the rest of the league. Qualifying offers is the same for everybody, no matter how good or how bad you are. Because there's people that accept a qualifying offer that are like, sweet, $18.6 that's perfect. And there's guys like Justin Verlander. There's guys like Carlos Correa. There's tons of free agents that are like, no, I can get way more than this. This is just so my team, my previous team, can get a draft pick for losing me.
1: And we will break down how the draft pick is assigned because I have it here in front of me after the break. That's exactly how I described it. You're listening to Two Men On, 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. It's not ringing a bell for you. you you Actually,
0: no, it's not.
1: First off, who wants to know? Who wants
0: to know? Any song that sounds like this when I was a teenager, I 100% did not listen to on purpose. I was way too much of a (laughs) pinkies out, music head, vinyl head, know-it-all to enjoy
1: Jimmy Ray. Are you Jimmy Ray? This is fire. Fire. This is 90s as 90s gets. This makes me want to, like,
0: assault an innocent child. What so, What is this <laughs> music? This, Vital,
1: I believe this is the summer of 96. 97. There you go. Oh, my God. It's so good. To, to sing a song with your own name in it, the handful of people have ever done that, and to do it really successfully?
0: Hey, Vital, I think you played this for too long. You better turn this down before Jimmy Ray sues us. <laughs> For, like, 17 cents or whatever that was worth.
1: (laughs) I'm just saying, I think it's pretty good. Worth less. There's something to be said about, like, putting your own... Like, bad company's bad company. Like, that's a very smart marketing move. Jimmy Ray hit the nail on the head. Didn't really hit home with you, but hit the nail on the head. That's not for me, man. What was the name of that karaoke bar we went to and? Honolulu oh, there's no way I'll remember that Wang Chung, so like when Wang Chung put their name in Wang Chung, so everybody Wang Chung tonight, yeah, by Wang Chung, that's marketing it That's a brilliance, although I think it's terrible for radio shows and podcasts don't put your name in them, but for songs, you absolutely put your name in them. Hey you know when Backstreet was back all right That's from the Backstreet boys. That's
0: very clever. Well, I wasn't part of everybody rocking my body, though. Ah, nice. I wouldn't know when they were back because my body had zero rocking
1: going on. Bad Religion had a song called Bad Religion. Like, there's a lot of these. And Jimmy Ray is one of them. I don't think I've listened to
0: a lot of music where the name of the band's in the music.
1: Well, that sucks. Like, you listen to Cool in the Gang. Like, Cool in the Gang had a song called Cool in the Gang.
0: Okay. I don't recognize the song Cool in the Gang, but I, I like Cool in the Gang. Okay. I got one. All right. Run the Jewels, run the Jewels.
1: Well, I saw them at Sister
0: Bar. You, and- you 100% did not, and you never have. Quit saying that. You know it angers me. You saw Hieroglyphics, Dell the Funky Homo Sapien, and the Hieroglyphics Crew. That is wildly different.
1: Is it? You got the breakdown. So if you're a big market team with a qualifying offer, and Vital's like, who's the big market team? It can't be my Brewers, right? Well, you're right. It's not your Brewers. Definitely not the Brewers. <laughs> so the bre- will be. If you're a big market team, the Angels, the Astros, the Athletic, the Blue Jays, the Braves, the Cardinals, the Cubs, the Giants, the Mets, the Nats, the Pats, the Rangers, the Sox, the Sox, and the Yankees, then you're a big market team. So that's 15. And then, so you're the haves, and then there's the have-nots, the yeah. sorry people. The Brewers, well, first of all, MLB.com. If you're going to say the Brewers, I expect to see team names all the way through. But they say the Brewers Cleveland, but I guess because Cleveland doesn't have an official name. All right, I'm going to let this one slide. D-backs, Mariners, Marlins, Orioles, Pirates, Rays, Reds, Rockies, Royals, Tigers, Twins. And Jimmy Ray. And Jimmy Ray. (laughs) So if you make the qualifying offer, which is the mean of the top 125 paid players in the league, blah, blah, blah. I had that completely right. So then get out of here. So then fifty mil is the threshold. So if one of your guys leaves from one of these crappy teams, including the Brewers, then they get a end of the first round draft pick. Cool. Yeah. That's real easy. Now, if you're one of the big boys, like if you're if you're from WCW, then if your player leaves, regardless of how much money they make. You can't get that pick in the first round. You can get it in the fourth round. Correct. There you go. Now you have it. Now there are two teams. Cause you notice I only said 28 teams, right? There are two teams that can only get fourth rounds regardless. And that's the Dodgers and the Padres. Because they went over the luxury tax. Correct. Is there an echo in here?
0: Because it sounds like exactly what I said last segment. I'm literally rehashing. Does this sound
1: sound familiar? This is the way I explained it. I'm rehashing it. It's an average (laughs) analytics.
0: It's just like arbitration. That's what I'm saying. But it's completely different in every way. In
1: every single way. Yeah. So So you're right. Thank you. You're totally right. It's arbitration as if you called it qualifying offer.
0: Yeah, if all the rules and, and parameters were different, then it would be the exact same. So I have a credo. Yeah, hey, I called it. This just in. Robbie Ray wins 2021 A.L. Cy Young Award.
1: Brother of Jimmy Ray. Thank you. Yep. You love that song. And you're going to
0: play it like the next bar we go to with a, <laughs> with a jukebox. You're going to play that song 20 times in a row. I have the app. And you're going to get us kicked out. I don't even have to go to the bar. I can play it right now. I would rather you didn't. I already heard it once, so we can stop there. It's a very famous
1: song. So long story short, if you turn down the qualifying offer if you're a player, then you can go for 10 days. This is like the the grace period. Correct. You can go for 10 days and say, hey, I got a qualifying offer, so I'm going to make the mean of 125 guys, Um, or you can give me more because I can just go. But I can also stay. So then after that, if they go, the team gets compensated. But they don't get compensated from the team you're going to sign to. They get like a imaginary draft pick that just shows up.
0: Okay, you lost me at the very last part. What's the imaginary guy? So that's a
1: compensatory pick. Okay. It doesn't come from the team you sign with. Correct. Yeah. If so you it's, you should not be afraid to sign a guy who doesn't take a qualifying offer. It doesn't hurt you in any way.
0: It does hurt you if you're one of those teams, i.e. luxury tax, i.e. Uh, big market team. You lose, your, you lose your pick.
1: No, but that doesn't matter because
0: you get the player. You get the player. That yeah. is correct. So mm-hmm. if you think the value of that one player is higher to pay more than a qualifying offer and lose your pick, voila, there you go. You got your guy.
1: You need a degree to run a front office in Major League Baseball.
0: Most do. Most get their degrees from Harvard and MIT, then go work for the Tampa Bay Rays, and then spread out all over Major League Baseball.
1: You know, when I was sending... (laughs) That's that's a good bit. You know, when I was sending out college applications years ago, I didn't even consider Harvard. But now that I know it's like a baseball, it was a stepping stone to baseball, I should have just done that. I should have just went to Harvard. Yeah, you should have just
0: went to Harvard. Things would have been easier. Instead of... What are you, Wood Northwest, River
2: Community Northwest, College? Northwest, where did you start? your? Northwest University in Hobbs.
1: There you go. Yeah. University of the Southwest. University of the Southwest. My lady went to Columbia? She doesn't struggle to find work. Like She went to Columbia.
0: Like Bogota or like where?
1: No, the school, not the country or war. <laughs> oh, whoopsie. I'm a proud graduate of Southern Illinois University. Thank you, Van, for asking. So Justin Verlander uh, wasted mon- dead money in Houston is really what I'm saying. Just dead money. They has got him on the cheap. He will make legitimately how many quality starts will he make this year? I didn't see. Five? I didn't see the
0: the rest of the contract. The, the details of the contract have not been released yet. But I'm assuming when he wins Cy Young this nope. year, mm-hmm. he's going to have a really big bonus on Absolutely. top of that $25 million.
1: Absolutely will not. If he sees
0: the field... I think how many how many quality starts was your question? Yes.
1: Over, under, I'm giving you five.
0: How many... Five and a half. 5.5. How, 5. how many starts do you think that he can have this season coming out from Tommy John? And there was a chance he was going to pitch in the playoffs. Seven or eight. You thought only seven or eight? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, well, then seven or eight quality starts.
1: Seven. No! Is what Justin Verlander is going to get. If... If Houston is putting him out there as their number five starter, because that's the most generous they can be to him in this situation because they've already wasted all the money, and you don't want to look a fool by not playing him. So they put him out there as the number five, which means with travel and days off and double headers and COVID regulations of only seven innings, he might have to pitch three times a month.
0: I think, yeah, once a week would be perfect to take it easy on him at first. So are you talking about quality start? The statistic? Yes. Like six innings pitch with three earned runs or less? Yes. Or are you talking about my viewing pleasure? Because I think it's a quality start every time he goes out there and I get to watch him pitch because that's my personal stat. and See, I think Kate ev- Upton. And I think it's going to be
1: every start. Vital said it himself. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I've seen Justin Berliner and Kate Upton's work off the field. It's not bad. When we get back, we're two men on the hot stove. 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. New Mexico Pinon Coffee brings you two men on the hot stove. Noah Syndergaard signs with the Los Angeles Anaheim Angels of Orange County, south of Napa, down the one or the five, depending on how quickly you're trying to get somewhere. Angels. 21 mil, which is a way better deal than what Houston coughed up for Justin Verlander. How bad does it have to be in New York to leave New York? Like, how bad does that Mets team have to be? That, like, the front office.
0: Why wouldn't you want to play with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani? I think Syndergaard, like you just said, got a
1: discount. To leave. He should have got more money. The Mets have more money. They should have paid more money. Yeah, but he doesn't want
0: nothing to do with that garbage organization.
1: It's a garbage organization. Breaking news. Corbin Burns.
0: I don't think that's the right choice. Do you see the votes?
1: You know, Cy Young winner Corbin Burns just came up on my MLB app. We'll break that down a little bit later. Garden. there has to be something going on. Because to play in New York as a professional athlete, to take the mound in New York City, America's city, in America's game.
0: Corbin Burns and Zach Wheeler got the same amount of first-place votes. That makes sense. Second-place votes is what made the difference. Corbin Burns only got 10 more points than Zach Wheeler. 151 to 141. Well, Zach Wheeler better
2: get uh, used to losing close games. Yeah, that's true. So, well, If he stays healthy, he'll be worth the one-year risk.
0: Uh, Noah Syndergaard is a guy that I really wanted my Astros to sign because he's had two years off. He's got the fresh elbow off of Tommy John, and he's from Texas. So I thought that would have been a no-brainer. But if I'm Noah Syndergaard and I'm looking around, I was like, okay, who's going to give me – a giant briefcase full of money. The Mets. Who is it? Who is it going to be fun to play for? So, I mean, we were talking a little behind the scenes. You were, earlier, you were saying in the break that if you had a chance to play in New York, you wouldn't leave. I would never leave. I want to wrestle in Madison Square Garden every single night. Well, why? Why not just wrestle in Madison Square Garden four times a year, and then you get to leave and go to the beach? Where your team
1: plays. Well, I'll tell you Los why. Los Angeles, California. Well, you're hitting it on the head, right? Because Noah Syndergaard is super soft. Because he's 29 years old and he he cares about his feelings and he can't handle the pressure of New York. And that front office is too hard for him because he's soft and cuddly and all those things. That's Noah Syndergaard.
0: Okay, well, Gave I don't, I don't know him personally, bases. but he seems like a, a real gamer.
1: He's the type of guy who wants to feel loved. That's my vibe on Noah Syndergaard. I think that's every well-adjusted human being's vibe. No. A professional athlete me does not care about feeling loved by my organization. I care about the product. Well, I mean, loved in general. Maslow's hierarchy. I'm talking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs right now is what I'm talking about. <laughs> my to-do list, if, if I have a GM, I have this expectation of a to-do list, right? I'm like, hey, here it is. The to-do list is put a winner on the field. If you're putting anything above that, if you're putting how my feelings are, I'm out. I don't want to play for you because you're a loser.
0: Okay. The the guy
1: and the show
0: who are so passionate about mental health. Well, I'm not saying you're, you're not you're being that guy right no, now.
1: I'm not. You're not allowed to harm anyone. You're not allowed to berate anyone. But what I don't need is when I'm at the water cooler, I don't need you asking me about my feelings. I need you telling me that you got an eye on a lefty playing in the cactus league who maybe has a couple felonies under his belt, but can throw at a buck. too and how you're going to be able to bring them in and clean them up. That's the conversation I want. I don't need, uh, how does uh, how's your farm bill doing, guy? You, you hit him that personal record of points there? Uh-huh. I don't need that.
0: Look, so I just, I watched Saturday Night Live last week and uh, Taylor Swift. Congrats
1: in, to Taylor Swift. Our
0: 10-minute video. Yeah. only person in the history of Saturday Night Live to do only one song. <sighs> I hate. So you think Taylor Swift's new 10-minute song is Noah Syndergaard's favorite song? Is that yes, what you're saying right 100%. now? 100%.
1: No, th- it's his ringtone. I
0: think uh, Los Angeles is just a better choice than New York. Yeah, if you like, if you like down pillows. If you like beaches and beautiful women everywhere. Whenever and he- Hollywood and movies. All that's in if New York. Famous. You ever see Spider Man? Yeah. But New York is just a giant piece of concrete with this place that holds trees in the middle. Right. And people are like, oh, wow, Central Park. It's, like, it's surrounded by a bunch of concrete. You know I'm, what? I'll- I'm glad he got out. I'm glad he got out of New York. Good for him. I'm glad he got out of the Mets organization, and I'm glad that he gets to play with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Good I, for him.
1: Mike Trout doesn't even play because he's super soft anyways. He just sit out all the time. We get back David Carl, and we're two men on him. It's 95.9 FM and AM610, the sports animal. Now batting for the sports animal, your afternoon drive. Number two, men on.
0: Van Nunley and Fred Slow. And in the on-deck
1: circle, Robert Buck D. Gibson. This This is Two Men men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. Back live on the program, we're Two Men On, David Carl. What? 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 I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Hi, friends. We could say Two Men On, football. So don't say two men on David Carl.
0: Yeah, you should not say that. That's yeah, fine. It puts a, a a pretty raunchy mental image into the <laughs> listener's head. One that probably no one wants to see, if a, I'm being honest. Eiffel Towering David Carl. Oh, my. We don't travel. Which we don't. We don't do that. We don't do that during a commercial break at all.
1: David Carl, the front office of the New Mexico United. But you have a fun title. Uh, fan engagement? What is it?
3: uh director of communications and fan experience
1: what did you create that i did i <laughs> <laughs> did i absolutely made that up completely made up title that's a super millennial move <laughs> i'm we... really
0: good at giving nicknames yeah i want you to give me my next title though okay i can do that if you give me a nickname Sweet. I'm on it. All right.
1: I want to be head coach slash technical director. Is that available? Sorry, it's filled. What? Yeah, just recently, actually. Oh, my gosh. Big press conference earlier this week uh, as the New Mexico United named Zach Prince head coach slash technical director of the squad. Um, What? Trouble in paradise? You had to get a brand new coach? Nothing. (laughs) What what happened here? Stadium fails? You got to do this whole thing over? What's the deal?
3: My goodness. No. Uh, So, Troy Lussain, obviously, you guys know him well. Former head coach technical director for the first three years of the club. It's time for him to move on. He wants to spend more time with his family, We'll try that. his next thing. Um and, and we obviously don't begrudge him for that one bit. Happy to happy to have had the three years we had with Troy. They were wonderful. He led us to a lot of incredible things. And his right man right hand man the whole time. The entire time was one Zach Prince. Okay. Um Zach was the first assistant coach uh for the first three years in our history, helped lead us to the best open cup run for an expansion club in the history of the tournament, helped led us to two playoff appearances, playoff win, all that kind of stuff. Uh, thrilled to have Zach taking over the reins. He's going to be a heck of a leader.
0: For the loyal listener who doesn't know, will you unpackage Coach Prince a little bit? Tell yeah. him about his history and what he's done so far for yeah. the United. And like, who's this barber? That's my number one because he's got a good look.
3: He does. He's, yeah. he's got. He's got a. My hairline is not nearly as good as Zach's. Hairline. No, not
1: even close. Yeah, not even
3: close. Uh, but Zach uh, Prince, as I said, was the first assistant coach for New Mexico United. He prior to that was a player. First and foremost, uh, as we break everything here in the studio. Um, but he was a player uh, for the Charleston Battery. Uh, he grew up in South Carolina, was born in the Charleston area, went to the College of Charleston. Um, player in the for the Charleston Battery, which is a USL Club. Won two championships there as a player. Um, and then decided to retire early because he wanted to pursue coaching. He said that's always been his passion. He retired as a soccer player at 29, which is really early. That is unheard of. Yeah, and uh, immediately got into coaching. Uh, His first full-time assistant coaching job was here at New Mexico United. He had a great relationship with Troy. Troy brought him on board to be his first assistant. And uh, like I said, he's been a tactical leader for this club. He has been the guy who sets up the set pieces. So free kicks, corner kicks, all that kind of stuff, that comes out of his brain. And we were one of the best teams in the league at that stuff this past year. And, and that's a lot of that's attributed to, obviously, the hard work of the players, but Zach's brain and Zach's tactical awareness. And he's just really good at it. And I'm excited to see what he's going to bring. He's also been crucial in the development of the academy, he cares so much about the community as somebody who isn't from here originally. He's been here for three years, but he's fallen in love with New Mexico, um, and he's created a team of academy kids. You know, usually around you know sixteen, seventeen years old. Uh, they are the team is entirely made up of New Mexicans, and they're one of just eight teams in the entire country who is qualified for the playoffs, which is going to be this December. It's the first week of December. Wow. Yeah, and there are hundreds of teams across the country, only eight qualify. And one of them is us.
1: So you're saying mostly he's an architect, mostly knows the game, and he's not going to be able to do anything outside of just what's happening on the field, and it's become a huge liability.
3: Yep, that's exactly what I'm not saying. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah. No, Zach is a tactician. Yeah. And he's also a leader of of young, strong men. Uh, You know, he is going to carry on kind of that legacy that Troy Lesane – brought forward to this club which is hard work, humility, diligence. That's our ethos. What Zach about? Zach has decided that in his his first action as head coach was to add a fourth pillar to that ethos hard work humility diligence and now action he said we can you know we can be about all these things we can be about hard work we can be about humility we can be about diligence but until we act on those things until we act to try and bring a championship to this community until we act to be better for our community then none of it matters
1: obviously everyone is there every day i'm talking about the front office and the players they already knew they knew they knew, right?
3: Uh, I don't know that the players knew. No? Uh, there were a few of us in the front office who knew because we had to get all the fancy stuff together. You know, the welcome Zach Prince videos and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Uh, most of the front office did not know. And I don't know exactly what Zach's timeline on letting the players know was. Uh, but, yeah, it was it was hush-hush.
1: Uh, well, and not just the announcement. So I I apologize. I packaged that poorly. I mean character-wise. I mean capability-wise. I mean, like, like being able to fill the position. Yeah. Like, everyone who's surrounded um, – they had an idea of what what coach prince could do. Yeah. But my question to follow up with that is how do you whenever you introduce it to the fan base, whenever you introduce it to like us in the media, whenever, how has that been received? Like do you have to explain it? Is it already is it already understood?
3: Yeah, I think there's a bit of both there. I think A lot of people, if you're a fan of the team, they know who Zach is. They know what he's good at, at least some of the things that that he's good at. Uh, But they haven't been able to see all of it. I mean, I think Zach works so hard behind the scenes, whether it's the tactical stuff, whether it's out there sweating on the pitch with the players every day. Again, he's a former player. He's still got a nice left boot on him. But um, I don't think the world has gotten the opportunity to see Zach's full repertoire, and I'm excited for them to see that. Um, As far as those of us in the front office and the team, of course we thought he'd be a great fit i mm-hmm. mean he, you see his leadership as even as an assistant coach the amount of leadership role that he took under troy was massive so
1: but el paso was trying to head head him the whole time and this is the only way you could save him
3: we are thrilled to have him here <laughs> I, I i i would not be surprised if there are any number of suitors for Zach's services
0: and we're thrilled that he chose us love that with with all the packages and technical stuff that he does as a coach on the field is there going to be a, a hard transition for him being the face of uh, New Mexico United, or is this a, a role you see him just being a natural at? I think Zach is a bit more shy than Troy, Troy is. Um, Troy, very good with the
3: camera. Zach is, too. But I think it requires – I could be wrong here, but I think it requires a bit more work on Zach's part. Um Zach is very much about hard work, so I don't think he'll have an issue with it. Um, And it's funny, we were looking back at some of the videos that we had of Zach from 2019 when he first got here, and he looks a little uncomfortable just talking to even not not the media, but just like our internal cameras, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, He did a piece with us prior to us making the announcement. We put together an announcement video where we asked him some questions, and he just seemed like a natural, and it's great. I mean, he's done that. We haven't really asked that of him. He's just kind of done it. Um, and I don't know if that's something that he thought, well, I'm going to be a head coach one day. It's something that I need to work on. But it comes across really naturally now, which is great.
1: So which former player is he bringing to be his new assistant? <laughs> that's
3: a good question. And it's a good question because we've got to fill that role. You right? do. So Zach's moving from the role of first assistant okay. to head coach. Somebody's got to fill that first assistant role. And that's ultimately up to Zach. And I, I don't know the answer to that. I don't even know who he's talking to. We, um, we
1: would love for him to make that announcement on this program. Like, Who's back do we go to scratch? Come
3: right here and make the announcement here. Uh, yeah. I. I do not have the ability to make that happen, Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh, I do have the ability to get Zach on the program. That's what we're going to need. Of course. would love to have him on.
1: New Mexico United's David Carl is joining us. We're talking about the new coach. We're talking about the new front office stuff. Obviously, we're going to follow up with some stadium stuff. Sure. Because that did not pass. Mm -hmm. Two weeks ago now? Time flies.
3: Yeah, it feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah, it but, does. Yeah.
1: It does feel like a little bit ago. So we're going to talk about the direction of the team and kind of some of the things you got going on and and how the team's going to get there, David. Uh, off season, right? It's a uh, Mike Vitale was joking about. Uh, joking about it with you off camera or off mic but also he was, off camera oh yes yeah the cameras are not currently on yeah so Mike Vital was saying uh hey no rest for the wicked and no off season yeah uh did you guys know before the end of the season you were gonna make a change at the leadership did did that come after the fact how did how did this whole process start and get to the point of where you currently are
3: yeah I think a lot of that is conversations between Troy obviously the assistant I mean excuse me the the, the former head coach uh and Peter our owner you know ultimately Peter troy's boss in that situation and they have the conversation about you know do you want to come back next year uh do you not want to come back next year and and they had conversations months out you know because they knew this was the final year of, of troy's contract right. this past year was the final year of troy's contract so they had conversations months out and at one point uh troy had mentioned to pete you know let's kind of revisit this after the season and see where we are um and so they did that as the season ended and uh it came down to, like I said, Troy wanted to either face another challenge, spend more time with his family, a bit of both, um, and and we wish him all the best. He's been crucial to the development of the of the ethos of our club, and we we'll, we could never thank him enough for what he's done for us.
0: Could you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, what, what is the the legacy of of Troy of Coach LaCerna here? What what is? His impact on the origins of New Mexico United and what he's done these three years.
3: Yeah, I think without Troy, if if, if Troy same was not here, if it was somebody else, we would not have anywhere near, I think, the character that's been built in this club. Like, obviously, one of the main goals of a soccer team is to win games, to bring titles. That's obvious. But for us, that's never been the primary goal. It's great when it happens and it's something that we work towards really hard and it's something that we care about a lot. But our primary focus has always been on community impact. Making, you know, our our mission statement doesn't mention the word soccer anywhere. It talks about, you know, making the community a better place through the vehicle of soccer. Um, We believe in that wholeheartedly. And we brought in a coach right off the bat who believed in that wholeheartedly and immediately embraced this community, fell in love with it, had his daughter here, you know just raised he raised a young family here and was immediately about bringing in men of character bringing in players who will be about community first as well as being good on the pitch but bringing in players who care about the community first and i think that's his legacy more than anything giving people the opportunity to grow as people as well as as players he also again like zach was crucial in the academy and in the development it was the diversity fellowship program was his idea
1: well and, and i love that you just hit on that because that's going to be my follow-up but let's do it after the break so that's we good. have enough time to afford it the answer it deserves david carl is joining us on the program we're talking to united and kind of all the things that surround the soccer club here in town it's two men on the ymca of central new mexico van on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back to Two Men On, and we are live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. Juan's Auto Care Hotline, 505 246 0610. We were talking before the break with David Carl of the New Mexico United, and we were talking about fellowship van. That's my favorite word it we sure use is. It regularly. And I don't think friend of the show necessarily knows how difficult it is to bring in players from all over the country and world into a startup organization and build the amount of fellowship that the United was able to build, not just within their office in the confines of their isotope stadium, but in the fan base. So, giving praise where praise is due, talk about building that fellowship over the last couple of years and how the United are going to maintain it through this change of leadership.
3: Yeah, it's, that's a big question uh, and a good one. Uh, I think a big part of that has been Troy Lesane's leadership as far as the, the player side and, frankly, the community side goes as well. He's been an incredible leader, a humble leader, I think, is a big part of that as well. Um, and he was crucial in d- creating the Diversity Fellowship Program, which I mentioned right before the break there. That is a program that is aimed at giving a leg up and giving opportunities to people who don't typically get them uh, within this within sports in general. So essentially, United takes two front office fellows and two coaching fellows every single year. Um, applicants can be, <clears throat> excuse me, I need a cough button. Oh, there's a cough button right there. DJ, cool. There you go. Uh, but applicants uh, are either uh, people of color or women, uh, people who are typically, frankly, ignored in sports, aren't given their opp- enough opportunity in sports. Um, they apply, two are chosen and like sit on the front off side. Two are frozen on the co- chosen on the coaching side. Um, and they essentially work directly with the front office or with the coaches they are also uh we also scholarship them to get their next level of coaching license or uh continued education um and then you know we help them find placement within sports immediately after immediately after the it's open one of the fellows this year one of the front office fellows actually took a job in our front office which we're really excited oh, about cool. she's she's killing it she's awesome nice um shout out to Juliana um but it's it's great it's a, it's a program that is frankly doesn't really exist in sports in a lot of places and we hope that other teams take notice and and join in so we think it's
0: a really great thing so <laughs> excuse me i know my turn to cough Cough button. I oh. think
3: it,
2: yeah
0: i think it's contagious i'll stay right here constantly oh professional oh my goodness <laughs> excuse me so the academy yeah there's no real off season for you guys right is there an off season for the academy or is this just still going going going
3: yeah the academy the funny thing about the academy is it's just constantly developing right so you have Players who age out, obviously, right? So you can't be above uh, 18 years old in order to be in the academy. Um, you most a lot of these kids go off to college, you know, when they, you know, in, in their 18th year. So they still have te- technically have some uh, eligibility with the academy until they go to college, and they can't play with the academy anymore. So it's a constant cycle. Unlike with the first team where you know you sign your players in the offseason uh then the season comes everybody plays then some players leave some players stay you bring in some new players all that kind of stuff the academy is a constantly almost like a revolving door so it's so crucial for academy scouts uh and academy coaches to constantly be out at youth soccer games they go out all over the state you know we we've we've got a one of our academy scouts is currently down in southeastern new mexico scouting players for this coming season and the this season, previous season technically isn't over yet. We've got the playoffs coming up in December, as I said. So it's it's a constant flow and a constant cycle. Is there technically an off season? Yes, but there's always matches going on with the academy.
1: Okay, clear your throat for this one. <clears throat> the last home game was October 30th. That was a W for the boys against the Real Monarchs. Yep. But you took a tough L on November the 3rd.
3: We did indeed. We did indeed. Yeah, it was uh, – I mean, it was – and we can say I mean you're referring to the the election obviously yes um yeah that was that was a, a situation where we were really proud of how things went honestly, obviously uh you know the vote was was it was voted down uh significantly at that, and we see that as i think there's an important distinction to be made. I think the vast majority of people in this town and in the state support the idea of a soccer stadium, they just didn't like that plan, same, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think, unfortunately, there was there was some divisiveness within the entire thing where people, you know, who... It, it, it's okay for you to support United and not support that plan. And it was okay for you to support United and have voted no. And everybody who voted no is still welcome at our games just as much as everybody who, who voted yes. And I think that's important to get out there. I think that's, you know, we as a club have always been about bringing people together. It's the reason we chose the name United, bringing New Mexicans together. So... To anybody who would would suggest that that folks aren't welcome if they didn't support that project or didn't support that plan, uh, I would say that they're just absolutely wrong. Um, everybody is welcome, and, and we welcome everybody back in. Yeah, that's a great
0: attitude. I like that a lot, and that's the way it should be. Yeah, you know, Kind of drive people away because of you know differing views on the way money should be allocated. Absolutely not. Yeah, or the plans for a stadium. So you're talking about like some disagreements within the voters. What lessons did you learn? From this campaign and the what the information you disseminated to the community
1: and I would I would follow up and say jointly with the city like what did both of you learn
3: yeah it's a good question I would imagine that maybe some of the lessons the city learned and the lessons that we learned might not be the same thing um, I, I can only speak for us um, you know I think in, in our situation I think we we learned a lot of stuff um, one of those things is, is very concrete and obvious and that's doesn't seem like there's a desire to have a stadium downtown and so we've we've taken that and we've said you know we're gonna look To see what the next step is and and included in that next step will be we're not actively going to be looking at the sites that were included in the feasibility study we we heard we listened and and that's the way it should be you know when when you are attempting to represent a community you need to listen to that community i think that's pretty straightforward um so that's something that we you know we really took from that and we're gonna look at going forward and Whatever that plan is as far as finding a way to get that stadium across the finish line in a way that makes sense to the community, makes sense for the community.
0: And I I love the idea of a stadium downtown. I think that's where it should be. Mm -hmm. And I know there's a lot of pushback from the community, especially um, the Old Town Borellis area. But I I live downtown, and and I'll I'll just speak for me personally. Um, When I go over the Lead Coal Bridge, I think that'd be just so amazing, sure, just to see a stadium right there, downtown, you got the big eye close, you got all those exits close. I think logistically it was a smart play so if if not that area, and if not some of the other proposed sites, are you guys just throwing your hands up like this can go anywhere, yeah, or I mean, are you pivoting towards certain areas?
3: Now, the floodgates are open as far as location goes, really, I mean, it could be we you know we've heard Westside, we've heard Mesa del Sol we've heard. You know, Pueblos, we've I mean, it it ultimately the thing that we have said from day one and the thing that will always be the case, we will not put this stadium in a place where people do not want it, period. So it needs to be in a community that wants it there. Um, That's what we've said since before the campaign even started. um, And we we're standing with that long after the campaign's gone. So ultimately, it's it's where the community wants it, where it can have hopefully the most positive impact and, and
0: of course, do the least harm. I mean, mean, there's always going to be a curmudgeon in the neighborhood, right? Of course. There's always going to be a negative Nancy who's going to just fight it every step of the way. Not in my backyard, no matter what. Absolutely. So, I mean, like the polling you did and like getting out in the community and having, you know, all those community events, were you like seeing it like split 50 50? Like, we don't want it here, but there's good cases on both sides? Or did you feel like there was an overwhelming majority?
3: I think it varied depending upon where you're looking at, right? So Boreles is is a good example of that. I think that in Boreles there was a lot of support. I think that there were some folks that went into Borelis and tried to speak for Borelis, which I thought was unfortunate. Um but ultimately if there is not again widespread support in a community, we're not gonna go there. I think that, you know, some of the other areas we looked at, you know, some of the other areas that were included in the feasibility study, like sawmill, I think there would have been Good support there from what we were able to gather in conversations. Again, those are anecdotal. We didn't talk to every single person. How could we? But we talked to as many people as we could.
1: So I feel like with the tense that you're using, David, David Carl of the New Mexico United, that you have to, as the United, move forward with a new stadium somehow, some way, some plan. Yeah. So as I say somehow, some way, some plan... How is that being organized? Like, will May 1st roll around next year and you're opening the season up at Isotope Stadium and you, you make a big presentation to the masses that say, this is our next step? Right. Or is it not? Is that not a, a feasible goal?
3: Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be something where it's quite as grandiose as maybe the, this, most, this recent thing has been. Maybe mm-hmm. that's something we learned along the way as well. Um, we're just going to put our heads down and try and find the best way to do that. So is that privately funded? Potentially is it's maybe there's I mean, we've already got nine and a half or eight and a half million dollars in state money you know can that still go towards it? we hope so um we don't know the answers there's a lot of things we just don't know the right. answers to after this um so ultimately it's it's putting our heads down it's listening it's doing everything we can to make sure that this goes in a place where it makes sense um. And developing a new plan. We don't have that plan yet. We're working on it, um, and we're going to figure that out soon, hopefully.
1: So when you called the league and you said, hey, the the original plan we had in place, the virgin plan that didn't work out, and the league said, that's okay, you have more time, the league said, figure it out right now or we have to dissolve you. Like, what was – what was? well, I'm being serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, What was the league's reaction to to your facility? Because you guys are not – you're not, like, in the rules right now. You're playing outside the rules. So, yes and no. Uh,
3: the league has been great partners throughout this entire process, you know, throughout the plan that went into effect, well, didn't go into effect, that went up for vote in November, uh, but also through the entire process of trying to get a stadium across the line in general, and, and that continues to be the case. So, you know, with the USL championship, you know, we talked to them beforehand, we talked to them after the fact, and their rule is, more, is essentially be... On the path, have a plan, be working towards this in a real way and and we are doing that, and the league knows that um, and the league again has been great partners, and they're supportive of of whatever we need to do to make this something that makes sense for new mexico i think and I think that's the most important thing we can't just shoehorn something like this, and it's got to be done right,
1: David Carl, breaking down the New Mexico United for us and everything that is New Mexico united. you want to hang out for one more yeah, I'll be around okay, we're going to do n b a talk Let's do it. I love that, go heat. That, okay, well, that part doesn't apply to what I was trying to get to. That's not it's not a valuable option. So, Dave Busters presents Two Men On. We are live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by the Mexico Opinion Coffee. We're playing again with I-9 Sports and we're having a lot of fun over at the YMCA in Central New Mexico. It's 95.9 not FM and AM from the John Lopez Real Estate <laughs> and Coldwell Banker <laughs> Legacy 14, Studio. We're Two Men On the NBA. David Carl is with us. You want to go east or west first, boys? You call it. Well, David Carl wants to go east because he wants to talk about the Suns.
3: I mean, we, we could. Are the Heat? I'm sorry. We, yeah, the, yeah, the other hot team. We could uh, we could <laughs> leave the best for last and go east last.
1: All right. West it is. All right. Uh, Here's some things I'm going to say definitively. The Houston Rockets are the biggest embarrassment in the history of professional sports. If you're a Houston Rockets fan, number one, I feel bad for you. I feel bad for anyone who has ever loved you. Wow. I feel bad for not just your fandom, but the idea that you have a concept of what like an organization is that cares about you, because they're the most gosh darn embarrassing thing in the history of all sports.
0: They're on pace, wow, to be the worst team in the history of basketball. They got Jalen Green though. Who's that good. kid? That kid is must-see TV. He's so fun to watch.
1: My way-too-early prediction is he's going to be excited to play alongside the first overall draft pick of the 2022 season. Fun,
0: fun fact, the worst team in the history of basketball mm-hmm. happens to be the Charlotte Bobcat, ah. coached by Paul Silas. Great. I love Paul Silas. On pace to be the worst team in the history of basketball uh-huh. are these Houston Rockets, ah. coached by his son, Oh, no. Paul Silas Jr.? Steven Silas. Oh. Well, you know, so this father-son duo is about to be the two worst coaches in the history of basketball. Yeah, and John Wall's done
3: so great for them this year. You know, he's he's really made a big difference. <laughs> you get it?
0: Because he hasn't played. It's uh-huh. the joke. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Uh, if you throw Dallas out, which I will for this next statement, there are only five wins in Texas because the Spurs <laughs> only have four. <laughs> the basketball in Texas right now. Is as bad as the football at the University of Texas right now. Damn, it's not great. It's not
0: good. Hey, they hide at baseball though.
1: Hey, Pelicans are garbage, and their best player only eats garbage food. Poor Zion. No, he eats out of the garbage. He literally like a raccoon. He's too big. Zion's not good anymore. He's he no. He's not.
3: They built their whole team around that guy, and he's not good anymore. And he's too young to be not good anymore.
1: Well, that's mental stuff, right? Yeah. That's Jamarcus Williams uh, or Jamarcus Russell stuff. Jamarcus Russell stuff. You don't know what to do, so you do nothing. And I've been there. I've been in a spot where I'm like, oh, I'm so afraid of any result that I do nothing to produce results. Mental gridlock. Remember when
0: people used to think Charles Barkley was fat? Yes. There's a new standard in the NBA. Are we
1: fat shaming on the air right now? No, it's not fat shaming. You just got to be athletically capable.
0: I mean, to be a pro athlete,
3: right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: For sure. And, like, that's that that Simpsons joke, right? Where in 1993, for Homer Simpson to get disability from the workplace, he had to weigh 260 pounds. That's right. Mm -hmm. Dental plan. (laughs) Lisa needs braces. Dental plan.
3: The, those Pelicans play my Miami Heat tonight. By the way,
1: oh, big win for the Heat tonight! Congratulations <laughs> to them and my fa- my father, Jimmy Butler. Will they cover the forty eight point spread? Uh, teams sitting over five hundred in the West: the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Mavericks, the Suns, the Warriors. I'm gonna tell you right now; those are your playoff teams. No one is going. The Grizzlies aren't going to be able to do it. The Trailblazers aren't going to be able to do it. The Sacramento Queens aren't going to be able to do it. Like the ones I just gave you, those seven. They're all the playoff teams, and then whoever sneaks in from the losers is the end of the West.
0: I will just, I will do it. I will do my too early, way too early NBA overreaction. Yeah. And I will just crown the Golden State Warriors right now. They're untouchable. They're untouchable. They are demolishing good teams, and they're doing it without Clay yet.
3: Yeah, and they've they've become what they were. And then they took two years off. They weren't the Warriors for two years, and all of a sudden they are again. And it kind of makes you wonder, like, is that a mindset issue? Is that a coaching issue? What, What switch flipped to, again, go from one of the greatest teams in the history of the NBA three years ago to what we saw last season to back to this?
0: I think it's the rule change, right? It's the foul change, Mm -hmm. and it's the the new ball. So now people like James Harden, et cetera, don't get all those cheap fouls, don't get to rack up all those points. And now guys like Steph Curry, who doesn't need that rule, and it doesn't matter which basketball he plays with, he gets to be Steph Curry all day.
1: And it's it's crazy to me with Steph Curry who – like every game, you see him take like two or three shots where you're like, oh, those are heat checks. Yeah. Like those are bad shots. Yeah. Like those are too far. Cause we are all, we're all at or near the same age, like our our mid to late 30s. Like w- when we were growing up, those were not basketball plays. No. Today yeah. they are. They would take you off the court if yeah. you made those shots. But he heat checks from 30, 35, 40. And, he, and he's like, oh,
3: logo. I- from the side logo. Yeah.
0: Yeah. People, when Golden State goes on the road, people chant logo. <laughs> at Steph Curry. That's so sweet. So he has he's going to have to start taking one a game from the logo.
3: Well, I remember when I lived in in Philly, you know, I humble brag. No, I'm I'm just I'm not a Sixers fan, but I would go to Sixers games when they were playing teams that I wanted to see. So when LeBron was in town, I would go see them. Obviously when the Heat were in town as a fan, I would go see right. them. The Warriors are cannot miss television right sure. now. They are cannot miss games right now and I I don't know the statistics on this, but my guess is the price, the value of a ticket At a game against a team that's not very good, let's say you're, I don't know, you're the Pelicans and and the Warriors come to town, those ticket
0: prices are going to shoot
1: up for those games. They're the best team in basketball. They're not the hottest team in basketball. That's the Phoenix Suns. The LeBron
0: tax. It's the Jordan tax. Mm -hmm. And now it's the Steph Curry tax. Yep. Dang.
1: That's That's like a good Rushmore to be on. This Suns team, after starting 1-3 on the season, has rattled off nine in a row yep. to sit at 10-3, and three, and they don't care what you say about our front office. They don't care that you think they're all accomplice to the worst actions and behaviors in the history of the game. They're trying to be the best team in the game again.
0: Well, this united them.
1: Oh, the world versus us? Yeah,
0: yeah. exactly. Like We're not going to let this distract us, all this negative pub from our allegedly racist, allegedly sexist, allegedly bigotous owner. He's like, we're not going to focus on this at all. But it's it's so interesting because you talk
3: about the mental health of teams, right? You talk about their ability to perform. This investigation is going on right. in the background. The entire They are being asked questions. They're being pulled into rooms to answer questions about the ownership, about the front office, and they're still rattling off wins. I mean, if it weren't for Golden State performing in the way they were, I mean, these are the two best teams in the league.
1: And and Devin Booker's like, quote, miss me with that misogyny, right. end quote. Because, like, what else do you do besides deflect? Right. So I'm into the West. I think the West is what I think the West is, which is Lakers, Clippers, Nugs, Jazz, Mavericks, Sun, Warriors. And then you can pick anyone from the bottom half to put in the eight. Whatever. Cool. The East, though. A little more I, complicated. I got no clue. I If you have told me about the Wizards before the season, I would have said, well, they got one guy. Well, yeah. Yeah, Bradley Beal, Bradley Beal, and the Lakers right. sloppy seconds. Please refer like, to him as St. Louis what? native Bradley Beal. We, have, what? we had a conversation about this.
3: For me, it's just as surprising as the teams that aren't performing. Boston is so confusing to me. They came into the season, in my opinion, they're they're a top three seed in the Eastern Conference, and right now, I mean, they are struggling to stay above five hundred. They're seven and seven right now, and they're about they're going to lose to the Hawks tonight to go seven and eight. I mean, they they're not a good team. They're not a coherent team. You know, they're not passing the ball well. They're not scoring in the way that they should. They should be a top three team in the Eastern Conference, and they're not playing that way right now.
0: I will have all the overreactions on the Bulls. They are fun to watch, yeah. and they're really playing together. Mm-hmm. I got uh, Big Three vibes.
1: Don't say Caruso. I'm about to lose it. Don't do well, it. No, he,
0: Caruso's the fourth guy. Okay. Yeah, He's not the Big Three. He's the Big Three are obviously
2: <laughs>
0: Jamar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine and Zach Levine, yeah. And then, I mean, does this big three have a nickname yet? I mean, I I don't have it. If it Bulls something, I got one. Okay, yep. you got Demar Derozan.
1: Okay, everything Alonso he shoots ball, goes
0: in. And Zach Levine. Yeah. How about the Ball Zach?
1: I, that's not that's that's this, upset me. You guys gonna you going get canceled today or well, it's <laughs> day one? <laughs> that's oh, that's just unnecessary.
0: I think it should stick stop it stop it can
3: i kick him off of his own show well i've tried multiple
1: times we had a whole contract negotiation over it the east is tough because like one through 13 everyone is within like five games of each other i think the pistons and the magic are what they are so i can't have a conversation about them i agree the wizards are not what the wizards are showing to be they're not i cannot tell you that otherwise and Similarly, the Bucs are now what the Bucs are currently sitting at way too early. Why are the Bucs two games under 500, Vital? It's a lot of injuries. Middleton
2: hopefully will be back.
0: The Bucs will be
2: fine. Yeah. Giannis, I mean, the Celtics, Celtics will a be fine. Yeah. The
0: Celtics I, are going to need to use all that draft capital and get like a midseason acquisition.
3: I think the Bucs are a five seed in the East. Really? I don't think they're top four. I really don't. I mean, yeah, I think, I think you know, Middleton would come back and you have a healthy Giannis, so you can never count them out of winning a series. I don't think they're a top four seed in the Eastern Conference. Your top, right? four, That's ballsy.
1: Your top four, then, is Washington, Chicago, New, Brooklyn, and Miami.
3: Not necessarily in that order, but yes.
1: We're going to wrap up NBA Talk when we get back from the break. David Carl's with us. We're having a lot of fun. Dave and Busters presents Two Men on Live. From the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. Powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. And we're playing on Team I-9. We're finding our Y at the YMCA. It's 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Back on the program. We're tuning on the NBA right now. David Carlos joined us from the New Mexico United. David, welcome back to the program.
3: Thank you for having me on. Thanks for uh, having me on on your first episode when you got canceled.
1: The episode. Yeah.
0: Thank you, everyone, for the episode. The
1: singular. We're talking about the NBA. We were kind of doing our way too early predictions after 15 games in. I think we got the West covered. The East, we need playoff teams, okay? Yep. Give me your top eight in the East. Top eight right now, or uh,
3: how they're going to finish in that order?
1: Yeah, just ballpark it.
3: All right. So, I mean, I think the top four currently as they are are going to be in. I don't know in what order. I do think Cavs Knicks but I there's no way the Sixers don't get in. So let's take out the Knicks. So let's go the top 5 teams. Sixers, Celtics, Bucks in some order.
1: You think the Cavaliers have enough in them to keep going? Cuz if I were to ask friend of the show to name a Cavalier that's not Kevin Love, they would say Taco Fall and then they would run out of ideas.
0: That is correct. I would yeah, I would the, say that as well. The Cavaliers aren't going to be there at the end of the season. The Knicks aren't going to be there at the end of the season. All likelihood, the Hornets aren't going to be there at the end of the season. Atlanta's going to rise. Milwaukee's going to rise. And, of course, the 76ers and Celtics are going to go on a run.
1: You're insanely wrong about the Hornets. Really now? LaMelo Ball. I agree. I don't think the Hornets are making it. No, LaMelo Ball is unreal. He's very good, but the team isn't. They got the kid from North Carolina, Mason Plumley. Mason Plumley going to carry him to the postseason. He's no not. one's ever said that before. So, But there's <laughs> Gordon Hayward, if he stays healthy. Gordon Hayward, if he stays healthy, can shoot like I was going to say Steph Curry, but that's obviously All a lie. Well, let me yeah, let me that's ask you a question. then. Much. So yeah, the Hornets okay. are in then?
3: Okay, yeah, I got the Hornets. Who are they replacing between the Sixers, the Bucks, and the Celtics?
0: The s- hey, but Sixers?
1: No, <laughs> that is <laughs> not true.
0: Hey, but nine teams make it now.
1: Oh, because they had that oh, weird one. In yeah, the weird one. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah.
0: Nine teams get in. Now. All right, so they get the nine seed. Let's go with it. All right, cool.
1: They yeah. get the nine seed. Yep. Sorry, Hawks and Pacers. and Pacers. The, the Pacers have six wins already, and if they get 30 more on the season, I'd be surprised. I think
3: there are. They don't look good. I think there are 11 teams in the Eastern Conference better than the Hornets.
1: Oh, I don't know. I think they've been playing real well. I've only watched maybe two games. I'll bet you a beer. They don't make the post. Well, I mean, I will always take that bet, no matter what it is. Just one? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you don't say. Just one beer? A keg of beer? You guys want to do uh, way too early predictions on the end of the season individuals?
0: Yes, I do. Okay. Because I want to know who gets second place to Steph Curry in the MVP. Yeah, I don't know how you (laughs) pick anybody other than Steph Curry. Jokic and Kevin Durant have better efficiency ratings and per. But it's Steph. Nobody lights a league on fire like Steph Curry. It's Steph. I mean, it has to be.
1: Paul George is in the mix there. If the Bulls do something real special, DeRozan will be in the mix. Casual fan doesn't know this, Mm -hmm. but
0: Nikola Jokic is the best player in basketball the past three years. Efficiency-wise, absolutely. If you look at every statistical metric, it's like he's not the most exciting. He's not the most fun. Looking really good at shoving people in the back, too. Oh, he's the best at that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Getting thrown out of games. I mean, all those things are also true.
0: Yep. But he's boring.
3: That's the thing. I mean, what what are what are your prerequisites for an MVP? Because that's never been actually stated. You know, the most valuable player, what does that mean? If you're literally going by value above replacement, it's him. That's what that it's, means. It's not
1: Steph. Yeah. But
3: but that's not how that's not no. how voters vote.
1: So you're making an excellent point because a lot of people could sit here and say, Hey, Kevin Durant's averaging twenty nine a game. Kevin Durant is shooting near sixty percent. Kevin Durant does all these things, and all I see when I look at him is the leaf from Forrest, the feather from Forrest Gump just floating through the air because he's so soft, and I can't possibly give him an MVP award. I can't do it. He doesn't
3: play exciting basketball is the way I look at it. It's not necessarily the softness thing for me. It's that he doesn't play a game that I find fun to watch, and I'm not a voter, but it would be Steph
0: Curry 10 times out of 10 for me. So far, 100%. Yeah. I mean, you gave Jokic the award last year, and it, for, his, and for it was his boring outstanding efficiency rating, his outstanding per rating. Look good in the playoffs. But you gave it to him once. You're not going to give it to him again. Like, you you cannot
3: have him. You cannot have Jokic be a, mul, a multi-time MVP with the style of play he has and expect to be an exciting league.
0: Yeah, it's just no. It'll help out European basketball. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
3: Congratulations, but that doesn't help the league. <laughs> And, and and the voters know that, and the league knows that. It's just not going to happen.
1: 100%. I, I'm going to say it's too early to really give you the hard on the rookies. Uh, the kid in Toronto is very good, Scotty Barnes. Do you guys have an idea, though? Do you have a, this is the rookie look. This is the guy that's the future of the league in 5, 6, 10 years.
0: Uh, the first two picks, Cade Cunningham and, and uh, oh, I just went blank, Jalen Green. Yeah. They're both just lighten it on fire they act like they could they could have been doing this four years ago and the thing I really like
3: about Cade Cunningham more than anything and he was this way in college too is that he's a leader as a young player too he was a leader as a sophomore at Oklahoma State I mean he's a heck of a player uh and I think you know he's got the ability to lead bad teams to title not to titles but to to relevancy I like that about Cade a lot
1: uh with the east being what it is I think it's gonna be hard for rookies to get to get a lot because Everyone's going to be in the mix. You can't play young guys. Yeah. you just you got you got to be in it. So I'm in on that. David Carl, thank you for spending an hour with us. Thanks for hanging out. You were yeah, what out. an honor. Any final words before we cut you loose?
3: Happy to come on anytime. If you guys do in fact have a second episode, let me know. Oh my
1: gosh, David <laughs> yeah. Carl, on. you're listening to Two Men on ninety-five point nine FM and AM six ten. The Sports Animal. Now betting for the Sports Animal, your
0: afternoon drive, number two, Men on. Van Nunley and Fred Slow. And in the on deck circle, Robert Buck D. Gibson. This is Two,
1: Two Men On off with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. Welcome back to the program. If you've joined us regularly right over the course of the last eight weeks or so, you've been listening to ABQ Central. Well, today your boys signed their new contracts. We are now four to seven every single day. On these airwaves. Unless, of course, we're superseded by NFL football, Lady Lobo's basketball, Ice and whoever else. Depends on the season. Yes.
0: And loyal listener, if you were worried and you were uncertain... Then you were my mother and you told me to find a new career. We're sorry we couldn't give you that justification you needed of what was going on. But now... Take solace in the fact that
1: it's the boys
0: Yes, from here on out. We're your dudes, 4 to 7, every day.
1: We are two men on from 4 to 7 every single day, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of the same, but we're going to have a lot of fun changes, and we will give them to you as they occur. A point of emphasis for us is Spotlight on Local Pro Athletics. So we'll make sure to bring you that. We're also going to do our absolute best to effort individuals in the community that have the pulse of high school athletics as Van and I do not have it to the level that is, is good enough for you, friend of the show. And, hey, if there's something
0: you want to talk about, Your feeling. 505-246-0610, you already know the number, loyal listener. Put a quarter in us. We'll jump on whatever topic you want.
1: A lot of Lobos talk. Both basketball teams, I think, are going to be excellent this upcoming season, so we're going to talk about that, obviously, throughout the course of this program, throughout the many courses of the days of this program. So thank you for being a part of what we are doing. It is the 6 o'clock hour. We'll be here until 7 o'clock tonight. If you are listening to uh, What do we hit, Van, roughly? Do we hit roughly 50,000 listeners, roughly?
0: I think it's like probably 170, 175,000.
1: Okay. Well, it's more than what the Washington football team's hitting. So the Washington football team, Van, I don't know how familiar you are with them.
0: We're the Dallas Cowboys of listeners as far as attendance numbers go.
1: Their attendance is our listenership. So the number one is the Dallas Cowboys. And it's not even close. It's not even close. The Dallas Cowboys average over 93,000 fans. That's insane. To their home games. 95.5% of their stadium. What? Yes, I think I told you this. I saw a WrestleMania at that stadium uh-huh. years ago. By the way, the next WrestleMania is at that stadium, Ooh. and there were a hundred and six thousand people piled in there because they can do floor suits, and you couldn't hear the person next to you. That's home field advantage if I've ever heard of it. And then a bunch of people in the seventy thousands, a bunch of people in the sixty thousands. And only three teams, and really two, because I'm going to say Jacksonville is in the 60,000s because they're they're so close. Throw them a bone. But then sitting at the very bottom, two teams. Second to last, the winless Detroit Lions. That makes sense to me. That they're next to last. Yes. Okay. Because they're actually last. They have not won any games. They're losers, but the three and six Washington football team is dead. A last van in attendance in the NFL,
0: 51,000 and some change show up. I don't even know what their stadiums called. It's not RFK anymore. What is it now?
1: Uh, Not quite full. So
0: FedEx is
2: something else.
0: FedEx which is the lowest percentage by far, only 76.6% of people are showing up to that stadium. Detroit, the winless Detroit Lions, are almost at 90% of their stadium. Their numbers are so low
1: because they don't have the capacity. And keep in mind, the Washington football team, for like a decade, the decade of the 10s, 2010s, they were like fourth, they averaged fourth. But there's so many, like, in my opinion, weird scandals. There's so much, like, front office weirdness. We changed the team name. Dan Snyder's a jerk. All this, which is very true, everything I'm saying. All this weird, look how we are bigoted and racist and sexist and awful in every single way. And I love this for NFL fan Because I think there's an idea out there, if you're an NFL fan, you'll put up with any sort of weird intolerance. Sure. Because you're you're so zeitgeist and zelded to to your team. It's like a
0: religion to you. Like me being a Aaron Rodgers apologist yes. in like forty eight hours. Just until, earlier. Until I got all the data. <laughs> well, hey, maybe I got an idea, and I'm not talking to you personally, person I'm about to say this about. Right. Maybe Washington fan was not in the closet about being Racist and bigoted, and enjoying the weird sexual nature of their owner and the way they ran that organization. Maybe that's why attendance is plummeting because they were, hey, we loved that old name, we loved our creepy owner, we embrace this culture. And then now they're not showing up for football games. Detroit has a smaller stadium, Detroit hasn't won a football game since I don't know. Megatron close and they're still showing
1: up the Washington football team which by the way the NFL is thrown under the bus and they should because they're a garbage organization they're the ones where these 650,000 emails came from like Dan Snyder loves emails and it's going everywhere John Gruden who by the way is no better than the Washington football team he already ate it, and I'm telling you, the fan base is seeing it because the fan base is not showing up, and it's crazy to me in a current culture, in a current environment where fans are yearning for, number one, to get out of the house. I mean, I don't know if you guys had a pandemic in your neighborhood, but we did in mine. Wasn't crazy about it. And this is outdoors, which people are yearning for, but no one is going to see them. 50,000 people is still a lot of people, but it's not 85,000 people. And
0: just because your organization is a disaster doesn't mean people aren't going to still show up. Look at Detroit. Look at the the Bit- people who pack them in the best compared to anyone in the National Football League is the joke of the Cleveland Browns. They have a sellout every single game. They have the best statistical numbers of showing up to the stadium and being a fan. 99.8% of tickets have been sold throughout this whole season. That's better than Dallas. That's better than Green Bay. It's better than Denver. It's better than all these super successful popular teams with sustained success.
1: Why can't Washington do it too? You were talking about the Jordan tax, the LeBron tax. Tom Brady went to the Washington football team last week. Still 52,000. Tell me, and what is every year, obviously, is argued, is Tom Brady's last year. But you, you can't even get people to come and see out the former, I mean, excuse me, the current Super Bowl champions and the greatest to ever play the game. Because that, that's how people hate Dan Snyder. And the people that are like, don't replace our racist logo. Like, those guys are still going. Your standard line of deviation is 50,000 people here. That's what you're going to, that's your baseline. Everything you get above that is from work you put in. I think that guy isn't even
0: showing up anymore. The like, I want to be the Redskins. That guy, that's probably why the numbers are so low.
1: Well, I don't think Henneke is helping any. Because that's what I'm saying about the organization. Now is is a guy like Ryan Fitzmagic going to make that much difference? He's not. But like, are, I don't know how familiar you are with Washington D.C. and the surrounding area. Lot, lot of people of color live in that community, and they're not going to they're not going to show up in droves to support a team, and it's showing now. That absolutely doesn't support anyone outside of their exact owner, Dan Snyder,
0: and th- and their numbers weren't great. Two years ago, the last time you could go to football games, they were 20th two years ago, which isn't great for an organization like them. But dead last in the league, that is garbage.
1: There's a team that's not won a game that draws more fans. Do you hear what I'm saying? And you're like, well, Fred, the Cowboys haven't gone there yet. And I get that. Okay. Like, I. I know Cowboys fan will show up. Yeah, well, what about your fan? That's what I'm saying. You can't bank on the other team's fans unless you're Phoenix. (laughs) The the next home game is November the 29th. It's a Monday night football game against the Seahawks. One would think that Seahawks fan from the West Coast is not going to travel for a Monday night game when they got to be at work on Tuesday, right? You're incorrect. You think they will? There will be a, okay, well, no, not from the West Coast fans. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're not going to get them. Yeah. And that's why right now on Ticketmaster, I'm on Ticketmaster right now. There are $30 tickets to a pro football game on Mon- on a Monday night football, pro football game. More importantly, God, Monday night,
0: $30. What's parking? I saw a lot. Park- I mean. Is it right there, right next to No, it? I don't have it. Oh, okay. Never mind, because quite often parking is more than the ticket. But still, $30 for an NFL
1: game? 50-yard line on the field. Okay, I have it right in front of me. 150 bucks. That's nothing. Yeah, yeah that's giving pretty Giving it cheap. away. That's insane. That's insane, right? Because they can't get people to come. So even if you're selling 50,000 50, tickets, you're only selling them at 30 bucks a pop. There's not enough money there. The whole thing's a joke, and like the fan of the NFL knows it now. The fan of the NFL is like, hey we're we're kind of a little bit younger than we used to be, like it's trending down age wise like a lot of people are getting into it. a lot of Noah Sindergar is watching.
0: Female numbers are increasing, minority numbers are
1: increasing. you got to get on the hop on the trolley Washington football team. WFT, WTF. I can't separate the performer from the person. We've had this talk. Sure. I can't listen to Michael Jackson. I can't listen to R. Kelly. I'm over it. Okay,
0: hold on. You can't listen to R. Kelly? Right. Even
1: the remix to Ignition? It's obviously only the remix to Ignition. Okay. No, I can't. All right.
0: Well, you better say that one, too.
1: I can't. I can't.
0: Okay. I'm over it.
1: I can't separate them. The only place I can do that is pro wrestling.
0: If R. Kelly like personally peed on my mom, I would still listen to the Ignition remake. No, it's terrible.
1: <laughs> Grab a break. When we get back more football talk. It's Two Men On, 95.9 FM and AM 610. D Sports Animal. Welcome back to Two Men On. We're on the NFL right now. All right, so Monday Night Football. I wasn't here on Monday to tell you the preview of this. I wasn't here on Tuesday to give you the recap. Monday Night Football. I took care of all that for you, buddy. You did, but you didn't give the angle that I give as a former Rams fan turned arch nemesis of the St. Louis Rams, now L.A. Rams. Because I hate the Rams. I don't hate a lot of things in sports. I claim to hate a lot of things in sports. This is the thing I actually hate in sports, and that's the Los Angeles Rams. I hate everything about them. I hate their owner, Stan Kroenke.
0: Oh, my God, I know you do. I hate him. You got ongoing beef. Yeah. No, no matter what the Rams do throughout the history of the Rams organization and or your life, whichever ends first, right? you're going to hate the Rams. If it's up
1: to me. I'll end them both at the same time.
0: Tomorrow, Yes. Vaughn Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. finally team up. To beat cancer, and you're like, I hate those Rams. I yeah, hate. I they're only doing it for the publicity. They're the worst.
1: Yeah, trying to get stroke. <laughs> me and you don't know this, Vitale. tell me and Stan Kroenke had a yelling match one time. So I'm yelling at Stan Kroenke after he announces the Rams were leaving St. Louis to go to LA. I'm at the Super Bowl in Houston, and I'm like, I'm standing there in my St. Louis radio row booth, and I'm like, Stan Kroenke, you coward, come over here. Sit on my airwaves. You- Did that do a billionaire? No. Yes. Because he's at Radio yeah. Row talking about, because at the time, 2017, they're talking about this brand new stadium and all this stuff, and they, he's doing all the rounds. And we go to his handler, and they're like, we, we're not doing St. Louis radio. Sorry. Oh, you're not? Because I will yell at your coward rear end. I hate Stan Kroenke. Because when I was on air, oh, gosh, I'm about to get on it. Because when I was on – man, I'm on air the night that the Rams announced that they're leaving St. Louis. And callers, friends of the show are calling in the heavy hitters, which was the name of the program. And they're like, the Rams, when they came in 95, they that's how me and my dad reconnected, and I named my son Isaac. And they're like – there's these grown men talking about their emotional connection, and Stan Kroger just ripped it from, rips it from. He don't care about anyone. He sandbags the city. Doesn't allow him to improve the state oh, now's not the time. The time though. No, keep going. I'll take this break off. I'll take this segment off. <laughs> the Rams got their their tails whooped in Levi Stadium. They're looking pretty pretty soft. Yeah. Very pedestrian. I didn't know the entire offense was ran through Robert Woods. I learned on Monday night. Mm-hmm. So loser Matt Stafford, who's been a loser his whole career. He only has a million passing yards because he's chasing every game. He's got to try to make fourth-quarter comebacks, which he's famed for because he's always trailing in the fourth quarter because he does not a win before then.
2: Lions. I'm not lying. What big game has he won when there's a big game on the Zero. line?
1: Zero. Zero. He played
0: for the Lions. He's a loser. They were never in a big game his whole career. The Rams
2: put a lot of investment into him. I can't believe it. Matthew that.
0: Stafford, when he plays in the playoffs this year, will be his first big game of his career.
1: That's a really good point, actually. Yes. So at the game in Levi Stadium, Matt Stafford brings his lady. Brings his wife. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm into that. Yeah, sure. You bring you should travel together. You should have that support. Yeah. So as the Rams are just getting beat up on in Santa Clara, because the 49ers don't actually play in San Francisco, it's a whole other conversation. Allegedly. Matt Stafford's wife, her name is Kelly, she starts hooking pretzels at 49er fans because they're making fun of her <laughs> husband, calling that loser a loser. What? Van what?
0: I love it. <laughs> How? I love every inch of this story. Good. Good for you, Kelly. Kelly. Kelly Hill Stafford, good for you. That's what she's got her man's back. That's what, that's the kind of ride or die boo that I want standing <laughs> right behind me. Chunking pretzels in my name.
2: That's what beer bottles are for, though. Come
1: on. By towel. That's That's the Wisconsin That's too much. Out. That yeah, one's by, too much. Come on now,
0: guys. That's that's assault. She should have been arrested for that if it's a a hard object. Kelly Stafford. But look, this this started. When some loser 49er fan started yelling at a woman about her being married to Matt Stafford. Yell at the field. Yell at the player. Don't yell
1: at the wife, you loser. You're going to tell me pregame that Kelly Stafford's not up in her VIP suite above all the sorry people in her number nine uh, Detroit Lions jersey going, I'm Matt Stafford's wife. I'm going to make a big scene. And then whenever she starts to get her butt whooped, everything she's dishing out from fandom, she can't take back and return. Well, look, it doesn't matter
0: who's yelling at the field. It doesn't matter who's yelling at Matt Stafford. Once that Niners fan directed their attention to her and started started talking smack to her, good for you, girl. Throw that pretzel. Shut him up, because that dude's a loser. All right, if you're going to talk crap, to a woman about a game you have no control over, you deserve to get hit in the face she, with a pretzel. She
1: is an attention yearning. Nothing. I don't know that. She's a, a, her thing of fame. Her moment of fame is she hosts like TikTok videos where she's like, um, "Pandemic lockdowns are dictatorships," and I need, I need attention from strangers. And you're no one. What you are is you're trying to be converted into a housewife. And all you are is embarrassing to Matt Stafford, who's already a loser, and the Los Angeles Rams of St. Louis County. Okay, the only
0: loser here, and and by the way, you're painting with a very broad brush on this individual. The only loser here is the 49ers fan that started yelling at a random woman. You have the right to heckle players on the field. Don't talk smack to other fans. Don't talk smack to f- to friends and family of the players, focus your angst on the field. Your friend, your, the home field advantage, if you want to have a home field advantage, go crazy. Yell at the players. Don't yell at other people at the game. That's not what this is about. That's not what sports are about. So that, the, it, idiot, the idiot 49ers fan that was yelling at Matt Stafford's wife deserves a pretzel in the okay. face. And it, I'm glad she threw a pretzel in his
1: face. The idiot 49ers fan who's yelling at Matt Stafford's wife, Kelly Stafford, moving forward because she yearns for attention so greatly, just released a podcast where she's the star of the podcast The Morning After with Kelly Stafford, and she only now thinks she has some level of celebrity where she can throw her weight around in public venues. And here's the thing about talking junk. You're not the best junk talker. Like, if it comes back at you, the last thing you can do is physically assault someone when you now identify as a person who creates words for attention and a living. Okay, well, I'm not going to assault the character of someone that I know nothing about. Uh, but what I will say
0: is I will get her back for fighting back and throwing a
1: pretzel at some douche. Was it an uh, salted pretzel? Yes. Thank you. And, uh... Assault,
0: assault with a deadly
1: pretzel. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying episode three of her podcast is about how cancel culture is trying to get her. It's not.
0: It's absolutely I'm not. I'm talking about pretzel culture and then, you know, good for her, girl. No, Good for, she, good for you. She, you stand up for yourself. You stand up for your man. And that douche who was yelling at you deserves it.
1: Kelly Stafford, who keeps chasing smoke, caught a little fire and she didn't know how to hang. She tried to put it out with a pretzel in public. She's a loser. That's legit funny. <laughs> what? That is super funny.
0: I hope she dipped it in cheese first.
1: Like plastic fake cheese, though. Yes, yeah.
0: exactly. Also. They don't it, give you real cheese. You ever had real cheese with a pretzel?
1: You ever been in the VIP players' wife section of Levi Stadium in Santa Clara? I bet you they have real cheese up there. But it's really fancy cheese, too, like like Gorgonzola or something
0: gorgonzola for your pretzel I still doubt that
1: I'm I'm telling you it's not it's not plastic bag cheese like when you're doing a space bag hey
0: football fan hey sports fan don't yell at a patron at the game yell at the field
1: hey football fan you paid for your ticket you yell at everyone in the vicinity I don't care no no you're you are the opposite of correct. Most people
0: will recognize that as the word wrong. Okay. You are wrong. You don't just go and yell at people. The word What ge- about the kid with the family? You think that's cool if you're just yelling at some nice family sitting there? They got a little baby. They're holding a baby. They got a little boy in a football jersey. Is you he- don't expose a kid to that?
1: That's not cool either. Is he chanting, I want the smoke, and then whenever you give him the smoke, it's an issue? Okay, see... You're speaking for her and her actions. Yes. The story, all the
0: reports say nothing about that at all.
1: So you're telling me she just sniped a rando? You're going to tell me this no, rando? No, the dude started yelling at her. No. He yes, th- that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Don't say no He's, when that's exactly what happened. He started yelling at her after being provoked no. by her presence.
0: Okay. That's
1: enough. <laughs> How that's is that enough?
0: enough? Van. She start, he started heckling her because she is Matt Stafford's wife. That is uncalled for. That is unnecessary. That should not be welcome at any stadium in this country.
1: Because she's up there, by the way, in the confinements of her VIP suite, okay. screaming to the masses, or she calls them sorry people. She's cheering. She's cheering for her husband. That's all she, she's doing. Mm, she's identifying her level of clout, which is only... Okay, you have no idea any of that's true whatsoever. I, I think I have enough context clues to safely project.
0: Okay, that is not what you should do as an objective journalist, is just fill in the gaps whenever you want.
1: Oh, uh, I regularly use the phrase, in my opinion, on this program. And in my opinion...
0: By the way, I just got a chuckle to myself that I thought of us as objective journalists for a second. Stupid. That was pretty dumb. That's, <laughs> also, not, that's not the show. Also a friend of the show. By the way, you're, they're not confused about the show.
1: friend of the show yeah yeah because friend of the show right now knows that the van allen nunley that i know would never huck an eight dollar and 75 cent pretzel at anyone because that eight dollar and 75 cents is hard-earned oh wait it's not in the world of kelly stafford no i will fall into the parking lot like a grown-up i
0: I am not wasting a pretzel i am not wasting my beer (laughs) but i'm apologizing for her in this situation, because I don't think she was in the wrong.
1: Her apology was publicly on social media, quote, sorry you had to witness me in my weak moment.
0: Apology accepted. Kelly. No,
1: she, Kelly Stafford is is the antithesis of everything I hate about everything. This is Two Men On, me overreacting on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back to Two Men On. All right, Van. The story that just keeps on giving. So your boy, Aaron Rodgers, your best friend, your idol, your hero.
0: I'm a fan of his work. None of those other things are true.
1: You named your son after him. Everything about Aaron Rodgers is your favorite thing about athleticism and even greater than that, like quality of person. Like that's how you feel about Aaron Rodgers.
0: Well, I got pretty worked up last segment, so I'll just agree with you on this one. Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> so, not the Green Bay Packers, but the New York Jets have three quarterbacks. Cool. They have Zach Wilson, who you're familiar with. He was He's a rookie, not playing very well. Then Mike White, who played the best game in the history of all football ever, and then followed it up with the worst game in the history of football ever. And then finally, Joe Flacco. And here's why I brought up Aaron Rodgers. Waka Waka Flacco. Waka Flacco Flame. Joe Flacco. Flacco. Am I saying that correctly? I'm indifferent.
0: It's, it's America. You say what you want.
1: Was named the starter today for the Jets against the Miami Dolphins this weekend. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Like if I mean, uh, if you if you can't have, I guess, Mike White at it his it is worst. Don't feel really he don't deserve him. Like, sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So if you can't handle Mike White at his Whitney, you don't deserve him at his Beyonce.
1: Nice. Yeah. So uh playing off that it's return of the Flack is Joe Flacco comes uh, back to the Jets. You we, lied to me about vaccination. So Joe Flacco today <laughs> stands up for a press conference masked up, and the question is, you get the you get the vaccination? <laughs> And he says he does not, which is why he's wearing the mask. Okay. And he says his reasons, he has reasons, but he doesn't want to create a quote-unquote distraction by going into it. Where was this at the beginning of the year? Like, why do you keep this a quiet until the moment you start a game? Well, because he's the third string and no one ever asked him. You don't think anyone ever
0: asked him? Well, the team asked him. The Players Association asked him. No. You have to report. Yeah, you have to report those things. So the NFL is lying through their teeth. Because
1: the NFL told in, me.
0: The NFL doesn't have to report that. That's private until you wish for it to be
1: public. Noted. But what I'm saying is the NFL told me at the beginning of the season that, quote unquote, 94% of our players are fully vaccinated. Real weird to me, Van, how all these names we're seeing happen to fall in the 6% that aren't. Also, why are they all quarterbacks? Right. What's going on here? The NFL! You
2: think you're better than everybody, don't you, quarterback? Yeah, Cousins, they were the other two quarterbacks that didn't get the VAX.
0: Okay, hold on. As a quarterback, I'm going to have to agree with them. I do think I'm better than everybody, so I'm kind of starting to get it.
1: It is an unusually high number of quarterbacks. It's almost all quarterbacks. And point guards. Has Cam Newton got COVID again yet? He's
0: gonna. Well, no, he He's finally not got vaccinated
2: the poke. either, or, or did he?
0: No, he got vaccinated. Oh, did he? Well, he got it naturally. After after, <laughs> after the
1: Patri- the Patriots run, he got the poke. So unless Joe Flacco has a valid medical reason to avoid vaccination, like he's lying by omission, right? Is that how you feel?
0: That's how I feel. Well, he told his team, and let me tell you why. It doesn't matter until now because nobody cared. Who cares if Joe Flacco's vaccinated? He's the third-string quarterback for the New York Jets. He's playing the Sunday starting. You are a dumpster fire. And now that he's starting, people are starting
1: to ask him questions now. There is an opportunity, specifically when you're watching Aaron Rodgers two weeks ago, yeah. to say, hey, heads up, guys. Not trying to distract, but me too. Like That's when you could have done it. And also, if you do it then, NFL, like, the the brotherhood and all that stuff, now you're on Team Aaron Rodgers if you're Joe Flacco and you're in to be one of the boys forever because you have the support. It's just cowardly. Yeah. That's how I feel. No, that's fine. I mean, that's fine.
0: Maybe he has a really good reason. Maybe for the first time ever we have, like, a really good reason.
1: If he did, you would think he would be like, hey, I have a history of uh, like anaphylactic reactions to shots, and yeah. percent-wise, it's better if I don't. If he has said that, I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, genetically, my family has blood clots, and I
0: don't, And uh, my great-grandmother died of blood clots. 100%. Blood. I'm in support of you. Sure. But, but you would say that you if would, you had a good reason. That's what I'm so saying. So he doesn't have a good reason. Right. That's
1: why he's not saying it. He's called himself. An elite dragon. Maybe that's the problem. Vaccines are designed for humans. So he's like, forget it. I'm an elite dragon. Okay. Couldn't even get that one out.
0: (sighs) Is that elite dragon thing? Did he actually say that?
1: It's like a thing from like Pokemon or something, but it was like a meme. It was like a meme. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was a Charlie Sheen quote. Maybe. Tiger DNA. Hey, Joe Flacco, more like Joe Wacco, am I right? <laughs> I'm just, I'm in on it, because I... Joe on Cracko. <laughs> there's a rich conspiracy now, in my opinion, with the NFL. They're just lying about literally everything all the time. Well, okay. 50, well, they don't care. If 53 they, all man, they care
2: is if they play NFL sure. execs. They don't care.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, any
0: board uh, only cares about the bottom line. There's a 53 man roster, right? Sure. And then you got like a 20 person practice squad. Ish. Okay. 73 people times 32, that's a lot of people. I would agree. So, if it's 94% vaccinated, that's still a lot of people. That's five t- at least five a
1: team. What is that That's like 2300 people? That's like at, roughly, at, right? At least five people a team aren't vaccinated. When you carry three quarterbacks, that's three quarterbacks usually I'm just – I'm so blown away by it. Like, that's how I really feel, where it's – there's so much on the line. And let's say New York Jets, for instance. I now know – I'm Miami, right? I'm Miami. I know that Joe Flacco's unvaccinated. How am I going to sabotage this? Breathe on him. Right? I'm not joking. <laughs> you think the NFL's not that? You don't think they're not – they could go – A win's a win. Yeah. Um hey, just heads up NFL, we have a reason to believe that Joe Flacco was exposed to uh, the COVID nineteen because we sent someone to his hotel room with it. I know that's super dark and conspiracy. E-E. Mike White's
0: better anyways. Well maybe well, doing himself a favor. On his best days he is. Yeah. <laughs> on his worst days. He was not at all. Oh, but if Mike White plays right in the middle though, could you imagine? No, I've never seen it. That's so, so no he would be so slightly above average.
1: Final break before we wrap this up with today's I-9 Varsity, the the I-9 Varsity of Weird Words, okay? It's going to be a good one. It's a good first program for Two Men On. And we're Two Men On 95.9 FM. Back on the program. had a real fun one today. Thank you to Dave and Busters. Thank you to John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy. Thank you to Max Opinion Coffee. Thank you to the YMCA of Central New Mexico. And I-9, today's I-9 Varsity. Connect with I-9. League Office 280 at i9sports.com or 505-312-4999. Reach out to them if you are in the Albuquerque, Rio Rancho, Edwood area. Get your kids started in some uh, youth athletics there, Van.
0: If I had a kid of age, they would 100% be there. In the 100th percentile, they do it
1: better than anybody. I might have I might have another baby just to put them in there. You know what I forgot to tell you about, and I apologize. That's okay. 100 times over, I apologize. But our friend Tim Patel and his friend Mike Baca, both uh, pop Warner football here in town. Of course, they went up to Colorado last week. We had them on the program. Yeah. Big winners were the 10U Tigers. They They're took going home, on to the World Championship? Took home the Regional Championship. How about that? Isn't that some? Um,
0: little forgot, sporty spices from Las Lunas. How about that?
1: I forgot to bring that to your attention whenever he connected with me this past week. Well,
0: we got a lot going on, buddy.
1: A lot of life. We wear a lot of hats. A lot of life. Today's I-9 Varsity is the varsity of just super weird words. So this started because I said gif and you said jif.
0: Well, I thought you said weird-sounding words.
1: Yeah, weird-sounding words. Okay,
0: weird-sounding words.
1: So it's not jif or gif. Do we know for certain?
0: Okay, it looks like gif. Yeah. But apparently the guy who created them said it's pronounced jif.
1: But it's graphic interchange format.
0: Yeah. So it's got to be gif. You would think, but the guy says to pronounce it jif. But most of the time, I hear gif. Yeah. But I say jif. I say jif. Because that's the way I was told it was the correct way to say if it. You're a choosy kid. And also, there's the very important aspect of me not caring whatsoever. Good point.
1: How you say the word. I know the intent. I can take context clues from conversation. Yes. So I'm going to go first. Okay, you go first. Crevice. Oh, Okay. Crevice is gross. I don't know. Like, when you say crevice, I hear fissure, and I also think fissure is gross. Oh, that's another one, back-to-back. Back. Yeah, so I'm going to go with crevice. All
0: right. My first on the varsity, the I-9 varsity yeah. of weird-sounding words. I'm going to go with sneered.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I don't like sneered. that one. Oh, you give me
0: goosebumps. Sneered. I
1: don't like that. Yeah. I'm going to go with a personal favorite of yours, which is ointment. Oh, okay. So you you hate the word ointment.
0: Well, just when you refer to it uh, as Arby's sauce, as Arby's ointment, I think
1: that's <laughs> the only time. It just sounds weird. Ointment. After that, I'm kind of into ointment. Ointment is the grossest of all the, like, sandwich toppings. Ointment.
0: All right, next on my list. Yeah. I'm going to go with uh, peered. Ooh, okay. Next on my list of weird-sounding words. Yeah, I
1: don't like that. A lot of E's and R's there.
0: It's peered.
1: Peered. All right. This one makes me visually see something. Okay. Coagulate.
0: Oh, that's gross.
1: Ugh. Yeah, that is strange. What am I looking at here? That, that to me, is whenever you put snake venom in blood. I don't like that.
0: Hmm. Next on my list of weird-sounding words... I'm going to go with leered leered
2: <laughs>
1: here, we, here we go okay orifice uh, yeah, all, that's, uh, you see
0: that one gets people yeah that one gets people a lot <laughs> yeah yeah that one you you again man Next on my list of, Uh on my I-9 varsity of weird sounding words, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with sheared. Sheared.
1: Noticing a theme here.
2: Is that weird sounding to you, Vital? No,
1: there's a pattern here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to take it to my turn again. Okay, what do you got? Um, Because this one reminds me of when I had thrush. Oh, no. And it's not the word thrush. Yeast.
0: Ah, yeast. Yeah,
1: don't like that one. Don't like that one at all.
0: Yeast. If you drop the the S, you get yeet, Ah. which is a a very popular word. Neat. Pre-COVID. Neat. Yeet was very hot. I got time for one more, buddy? Next on my I-9 varsity of weird-sounding words. I'm going to go with uh, speared.
1: <laughs> Something special about you.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah. My brain's not great.
1: Flaccid. I'm going to put flaccid on my list.
0: Oh, that's a sad one. That's yeah. not weird. You, that's...
1: Ever, you ever looked at a flag and it was just all flaccid?
0: Oh, that, okay, sure. There's other, It applies to other stuff, totally. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I was going with. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, flaccid.
1: Okay.
0: I got more. Feared, cleared, beard, seared, teared, beard. <laughs> uh, it was a literal
1: joke. Joke about being too literal. Yeah. No, I, I get it. Okay. Okay. Secrete. Okay.
0: Yeah. I also see a theme <laughs> that I didn't notice because I was giggling at my theme. That's Okay.
1: <laughs> It was it was hard. My theme was. It was hard. It wasn't. Your girlfriend's a medical professional. Yeah.
0: You hear all of these a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Moist. Moist. See, that's the one that doesn't get me, but it bothers a lot of people. Like squirt. See, moist uh, has a positive connotation when I hear it. Squelch. Like muffins or pancakes.
1: Like brown sugar.
0: Brown sugar is should not be moist.
1: It absolutely should
0: not too moist, because then it would probably start molding because of all the moisture.
1: Well, it's like it's like uh, malleable.
0: You think somebody's driving around and they got like a complex for every single word that you said, just like,
1: losing it, and
0: they're just going
1: bonkers, <laughs> yeah. just squeezing their back teeth together as hard as possible. Coagulating as they drive.
0: Range.
1: <laughs> Very good program today. And it's again, the first one ever. Well, <laughs> technically, yes. We yeah, uh, we, uh, we are excited to let you know friend of the show that uh yeah, it's official and it's in the books and and here's us telling you uh your boys are here 4 to 7 Monday through Friday every day of the week that is Monday through Friday and we'll be doing it uh well at least for 2 years. Wow. Hold my hand. I'm going to take you on a ride. You're going to get a lot of return of the mac at the end of this program.
0: I'm into it. See, that's something we agreed on
1: today. That's the one thing. <laughs> That in our joint hatred of Kelly Stafford. Nope, I'm on Team Kelly. If I tell you, you, did so very good today. You
0: guys, have a good night. Any final words, man? Too much for the time allotted,
1: my dude. Good job, everyone. GG. See you tomorrow, buke.